Hey, this is Mark A. Altman of Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a fan of our podcast, you don't want to miss Deck 78, available now by subscribing at trexpertsplus.com. This is a bonus podcast full of great discussions about popular culture, film, and television. And on this episode, don't miss our in-depth discussion with showrunner and director Kenneth Johnson about the 40th anniversary of V, The Incredible Hulk, Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, and of course, Bigfoot. Here's a sneak peek. But it was, Brennan was in a hurry. And um, normally to do a four-hour miniseries with a cast of almost 70 people, um, you'd have, what, four or five months just to prep Right, you know, right. the whole thing, just to build the stuff you needed and all of that. And um, uh, and four or five months. And from the weekend when Brandon read my full first draft script and said go until the day I said action was two and a half weeks. Oh, my God. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, they, wow. Yeah, people, well, yeah, most people like you, most people in the industry go, no, you didn't. That's bullshit. You I'm, know, I'm yeah. casting, prep, locations. I mean, it's, and, yeah. and it, it, it is great is one thing, but that's crazy. That's extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was insane. And, uh, and how did it, how did it happen? Well, it happened because Brandon really needed it for February or thought he did. And, uh, uh, and he knew that I could deliver and deliver fast as I had in the past, but I said, geez, guys, you know, uh, so I said, okay, look, I'll do the best. We will do the best we can. And, uh, and we started shooting literally two and a half weeks after he said, go. Um, and I know I obviously we had stuff that we were beginning to line up. I had always already corralled almost all of my uh, crew from the Incredible Hulk at Universal to bring them over to be with me at uh, uh, at Warner's. I brought along Chuck Davis, who had been my production designer on Prometheus and on, on the whole Incredible Hulk series and Bionic Woman uh, before that. Uh, Chuck, who always would tell me, is this the best we can do? You know, and... Uh, um, a brilliant guy. And, uh, I, I, so that's a whole nother story, but, um, so I had, I had a team that had been working together for, you know, for over five years, uh, that really spoke the same language and a brilliant cinematographer in John McPherson, uh, and my composer, Joe Harnell, whom, uh, and I knew exactly where I wanted to go with the music and all. Um, so I was, had begun to line things up, but it wasn't until Brandon said go that I could say, okay, move everybody in here. Let's start the casting. Let's start the location scouting. And, uh, and uh, and this was in a day where there were no cell phones to, they could show you pictures. The you know they'd have to go take the pictures and bring them back, or they'd have to drag you out to the location. So we're doing all of that and then casting in the afternoons. Uh, and, and in many cases, I, I hired the first actor that they brought me because they happened to hit the ball exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, they tell everybody else they can go home. So subscribe today at trexpressplus.com and don't miss a single episode of Deck Seventy Eight. Fire the rockets. Mark A. Altman, Darren Docterman, Ashley Edward Miller. Three fans who became professionals and then became... Trexperts. Inglorious Trexperts. Listen wherever you find podcasts or go to trexpertsplus.com. Hello, Trek fans and uh, all the ships <laughs> at sea. We got great news for you. It's Miller time. What? 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 It's Miller time. You mean we're, we're getting a sponsor? No, oh. I wish. How does that song go, the Miller time? Jingle. When it's time to relax. 
One beer stands clear year after year. Yeah, but it should be one Trexpert. One Trexpert stands clear. Well, then you got to give me time to write the lyrics then. Oh, okay. Just bring it on me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Because, well, why are we singing this dopey song? But it is Miller time because of Ashley Edward Miller. Ashley Edward Miller is the Miller's joining tale. the Inglorious Live 2023 tour. That's the live tour that Darren and I have uh, been on. At, uh, we're doing a bunch of conventions this year, a bunch of live uh, events. And uh, we're thrilled to say that Ashley Edward Miller will be joining us on our next stop in Richmond, Virginia on March 24th through the 26th. That's March 24th through the 26th in Richmond, Virginia uh, at GalaxyCon. And, and, and it won't just be Darren and me and Ashley. Um, if you failed the city, Stephen Amell will be there. The great uh, Green Arrow, David Tennant. Who? David Tennant. Who? Yeah, David Tennant. Who? Um, <laughs> Catherine Tate will be uh, his companion on the trip. And uh, the great uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Private Pyle, will be there with his uh, bald head and uh, looking very intimidating. And uh, so that's exciting. Of course, and the great... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the great Bill Shatner is going to be there. The great Bill Shatner is going to be there. And the great John Cleese. Yes, isn't that amazing? That's exciting. Yeah, as long Very as he exciting. doesn't do that scene from A Fish Called Wanda where he goes out the window with the Oh, I hope plant. not. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fish Called Wanda. I do Apparently, too. That movie is not as much in the zeitgeist anymore as... Archie Leach. Archie Leach, named after the great Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Yeah, I love that movie, but I guess because of the, it's the st Kevin Klein is the st not Kevin Klein. Uh, uh, yeah, is the stuttering. Kevin Klein. No, but I'm saying that the stuttering apparently is oh, now made yes, that movie. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, apparently, that's a not a, a yeah. Thing that Michael Michael have. Palin and his stuttering character. I, I just think it's a very funny movie. So there it's you go. great. Uh, John Frakes, our good friend John yeah. Frakes will be there. Fantastic. Gates is going to be there. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to talk about after the premiere of uh, Star Trek Picard. Terry um, Farrell, who we love, is going to be there. Hopefully, we'll be moderating. And if you missed our our Terry Farrell panel at uh, Comic Con, I mean at uh, Galaxy yeah, Con Columbus, Columbus. Uh, which was not recorded through no fault of our own, uh, then you really want to be there uh, for our encore uh, Q and A with Terry because we're going to try to do it exactly the same. We're going to ask the exact same <laughs> questions, word for word. Be, like a complete encore presentation. <laughs> uh, Katie Katie Sackhoff's going to be there. Oh, that's going to be fun. She's only, awesome. Only the birds, right? Wait, only the what? Only the what did they say in Galactica? Only the wind. Only the <laughs> I don't know. What are they, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is the problem. The show's so old now. So say we all. No, they of course so say we all. But you know, nothing but the nothing but the wind. Nothing but the I don't know. Whatever. Wow. I'm completely missing this reference. I'm sorry. Uh, Carrie Jones is going to be there, who played my second favorite Wookiee. Uh, in uh, second uh, favorite Wookiee. I was going to say in the Ballad of Boba Fett. But that's what itchy what called? Oh no, no, <laughs> he played Black Chrysanthemum. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. I, I called the Ballad of Boba Fett. It's not the Ballad of Boba. Fett. What was it called? Although that was it's the book, book of Boba, Boba Fett, but I think the Ballad of Boba Fett would have been better. Yeah, that's Probably true. Probably would have been shorter. It's true. Then there's a bunch of uh, Power Rangers are going to be there. I don't know who they are. And uh, uh, Steve Whitmer, uh, Kermit the yeah. Frog. Um, uh, Dave Foley is going to be there. Ross Marquand is going to be from Walking Dead. And he also uh, replaced Hugo Weaving, if you remember, in uh, The Avengers. Uh, and of course, of course, we have uh, uh, non- Oh, well, I was going to say super guests. Super guests. Super guests. Superman. 
Yeah, it's going to be great. Jeff E., Sarah Douglas, Jack O'Halloran, and my favorite, Mariel Hemingway from Manhattan. And, and uh, is Mark Pillow going to be there too? He is, Nuclear Man. Nuclear He's going to be explosive. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Boswick's going to be back. Okay, nice. well, listen. This is a long promo. This is a long promo. You know, normally promos are supposed to be like 30 seconds, but we just couldn't help ourselves. We're excited. Don't blame we're, us. We're excited. The Inglorious Live Tour has been a hit, and it's going to continue at Richmond, Virginia. So we hope we'll see you there at the end of March. And uh, if uh, that's not convenient for you, we will be heading to Raleigh, Virginia, Austin, Texas, and, of course, San Diego Comic-Con later this year. So uh, hopefully we'll see you at one or more. I think it's Raleigh, North Carolina. What I say? Raleigh, Virginia. Oh, yeah, it's, it's North Carolina. What are you talking about? It's North Carolina. Jeez, man. It's not even it's not even late. I don't have an excuse for it. There's no excuse. So if you want more information on these and many other fine shows, go to galaxycon.com, galaxycon.com, and uh, we hope to see you there. Well, we know the holidays are over, but uh, it's not too late to pick up some great Inglorious Trexpert swag. Because we know you didn't get everything you wanted. No. But you will find everything you want uh, through a wonderful link from our TrexpertsPlus.com uh, page, and uh, it will let you in on some Trexperts swag. It'll take you right to Kirox Corner, where you can get shirts <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I survived Colinar, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt and a bunch of other <laughs> really great stuff, including Inglorious Trexperts branded merchandise. Wow, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. You could show off your pride. In inglorious Trexperts pride, yeah, and uh, and your uh, Jessica von Puttermaker shirt. And in fact, if you show up at one of our convention appearances in inglorious Trexperts attire, you'll get a special gift. Well, the, the gift is we will look you in the eyes and smile. <laughs> yeah, hey, Mark will actually talk to you. So, oh my goodness, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to overpromise. <laughs> He won't. He won't. He won't uh, walk away. And he will acknowledge your walk. existence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're interested, check out this great um, Inglorious Trexperts uh, swag at uh, trexpertsplus.com, and tell them Darren sent you. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Dockerman. And this is Ashley Miller. And this is The Rebuttal. The Rebuttal with special guest, Robert Meyer Burnett. He's back. I'm terrified. What's oh going to happen? You should be. We did nine What's going supersized to episodes Something of like holiday it. specials, but it wasn't enough. To wasn't contain. enough? Is we that the most we've ever done? I think so. Nine episodes, and they're yeah, all over two insane. hours. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's North and South the miniseries. That's, that's some crazy talk. <laughs> In fact, we put on social, you know, like the the list for that week, and people are like, "Stop posting this stuff because I'm only on episode yeah. two, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're out there only posting so many hours in a day. It's like my commute isn't that long." You know, so it's like, okay. Um, but anyway, we thought it would be interesting because, you know, look, we we obviously, we stand behind the list in a big way. We're very proud of the list. I, I think we we spent a lot of time putting it together and uh, a lot of questions about our methodology and everything. So we brought on people 
not just random people. We brought on people that we respect uh, so that they could tell us, oh, for lack of a better word, why they think we're wrong. You know, people that maybe the stuff that shouldn't been on the list and uh, people that, that could have characters that should have been on the list. And I'm sure it'll be a fascinating discussion. And joining us in just a few minutes, it'll be um, the consulting producer on uh, Shining Vale. She also was a uh, consulting producer on Swamp Thing and a producer on Millennium. Um, she is uh, Kay Rindell. So Kay will be joining us. Um, the co-showrunner on uh, Amazon's The Summer I Turned Pretty. She also was a showrunner on Haven, a frequent guest on this podcast, and uh, was a producer and writer on such shows as The Flash, Farscape, and... Uh, even uh, did an episode of Deep Space Nine. So we're breaking our rule. We didn't want to invite any of our, our our guests who have worked on the show. So you won't find Mike Sussman or Lisa Klink or any of the veterans or Brannon or any of the people who worked on the show. We thought it was un unfair to, uh, to 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 put them on the spot. You know, we, so um, we didn't we didn't invite them. But Gab did one episode of Deep Space Nine, so we thought it was okay to have her. Um, and uh, also. Um, He's an editor uh, on The Office. Uh, he was uh, also a director and a producer on Upload and, and Space Force. Um, that's, and and uh, the editor on the uh, Seinfeld, uh, Dave Rogers, is joining us. And uh, finally, new to uh, this podcast, although I believe he was on Trexpert's Briefing Room, an entirely different podcast, is the author of Phasers on Stun and a, uh, a very prolific Trek journalist. Um, Mr. Ryan Britt will be joining us. Ryan Britt will also be joining us. Uh, to bring some new blood to the podcast, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm and hopefully it won't get all over the place. <laughs> That's right, Shapuna <laughs> Kalafi. Um, what do you guys expect to hear today? Pain, a lot of whinging. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, complaining that uh, we are uh, pigs. Oh yeah, Is which isn't think? exactly out of line. <laughs> well, I, I I think we were very. I, I think you know, um, it's one thing to look at the list, and it's another thing to hear the list, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yes. I think when you listen to what we had to say, I think we were extremely fair and equitable. Um, and you you can quibble with certain choices, but I, I think we defended our choices. We have um, we have reasons that work for us. Why? Certain characters were in certain places on the list. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Not arbitrary. Not, it might look arbitrary from the outside, but it would be VJ arbitrary. These are all people <laughs> who are very knowledgeable about track and about uh, film and television in general. So I'll be very interested to hear what they have to say. And uh, hopefully uh, we will all return from this place um, when we're done, <laughs> uh, that nobody will. Uh, uh, Run away, or 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 or, or log off, or 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 uh, go off to uh, to uh, you know the cornfield. So uh, I think, without any further ado, let's bring in our special guests as we begin the final chapter of our epic holiday special saga: the hundred and one greatest Star Trek characters of all time, the rebuttal. Wow, we've never beamed so many people in at once. I'm glad to see the transporters working that we didn't have a transporter accident. Well, welcome everyone to the rebuttal. Um, before I, I start to ask you uh, what you thought of our epic holiday countdown, I want to tell you everyone for the first time how it breaks down, how it breaks down. So um, we uh, had uh, the animated series represented on the list with one. I believe that was Mr. Eric's um, Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise, as it was known later on, uh, with two on the list. Uh, Star Trek Voyager had uh, five characters on the list. Uh, Deep Space Nine, 
24 characters, a very strong wow. showing for Deep Space Nine. Half uh, of them we've heard of before. Speak <laughs> for yourself. The, 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 <laughs> I the, did. The next generation, 27. 27 wow. characters. And uh, with the most uh, characters on the list, um, it was the $6 million man. No, right. wait, it was. But Barbara Anderson was in the $6 million man pilot. Um <laughs> You know why I know I was watching on Peacock this weekend, but there's nice. a whole nother discussion. Uh, the original series with 45 characters. That also surprise. includes um, the movie series. So right. if somebody was in a movie, so if it was an original series movie, it was uh, listed as TOS. If it was a next generation movie, it was listed as TNG. We didn't break it down uh, by movie specifically. So uh, if it's what if what if they were in the JJ movie? Uh, there weren't any characters. Oh, JJ yeah, movies. that's right. Scott Captain Mance Pike. was not involved in the, the <laughs> countdown. Captain Pike was on the list. He was on the list, but it was not. We uh, talked about we talked about the JJ version of uh, Captain Pike a little bit. We talked about it, but that was not the the, the, the Captain <laughs> Pike that was uh, representing the list, as we made very clear. As much as we may like Bruce Greenwood, um, okay. So um, the first thing I want to ask you is a very long list: 101 uh, uh, characters from the long history of Star Trek. Um, I'm sure you must feel there were some characters like, what were they doing there? I know we saw that on social. Uh, people were a little surprised. So I'm going to start with you, Gab. What, um, who, who, who did you think had no right, no right to be on this list? Well, really, as you know, anyone on Enterprise and Voyager, since they're not canon, I don't even feel like they should be part of the list. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to say I was surprised how high well, not surprised, but I was disappointed how high Kai Wynn was because I'm just not sure that you should be rewarded for just being such a consistent, constant bitch. I mean, just if there's absolutely nothing redeemable about your character, how come you get into like the top 50? But Rob, I got to ask Rob then. It, this wasn't the 101 nice characters in no, Next no, Gen. I know. No, it was not. I mean, I, I think that in as far as Deep Space Nine goes, I think she was a, a consistently bitchy character that always had an interesting position to play within the mythology of Bajor. And speaking of bitchy characters, I'm back. And uh, <laughs> I want to ask, uh, that was interesting, you picked Kai Wynn. Um, again, Deep Space Nine with a very strong showing. Kay, did you feel that uh, Deep Space Nine was done justice in this list? Uh, I thought there were too many. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I thought there were too many and they were too high. Ah, too high. Yep. Much like Seth Rogen, too high. <laughs> so um, anyone in particular that comes to mind that uh, oh, you boy. felt was uh, was too high on a list, maybe uh, was uh, shouldn't have been there? Well, I mean, first of all, uh, I would not have any Ferengi on the list on the list because they are terrible just across the board. And any attempt to make them not terrible makes them not Ferengi. So uh, I would just kick the Ferengi off uh, right away. Uh, I think having Julian Bashir on any list is as silly as having Jordi LaForge on any list. Wow. Um, You're going to take yeah. all the heat off of us. This is going to be great. <laughs> all the people on social, right? they're going to turn their fire from us to you. This rebuttal <laughs> was a great idea. That's right. So you, put, you put Benjamin Sisko above Captain Picard. I mean, yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Dave, was that a, a, a mistake in your opinion? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I have a completely different order. So, I mean, and, and in fairness, 
I'm not as familiar with Deep Space Nine, so I did not include several several of the Deep Space Nine characters that you guys included. But I, I, I albeit I, I accept that it is a, a popular show. I hope to one day have time to sit down and watch it again. But uh, I did not get through. I, I tried the first few seasons, first couple seasons, and I was just like, just not not really enjoying it. See, that's a humble brag from the Emmy winner. If only one day I had enough time to sit down and watch it, I would. But I'm too busy winning Emmys and directing and writing for television. I understand. I, I wish it were that. I wish it were that simple. And watching Superman for the 800th time. Okay, that I, that I will accept. I, I, I want to come back to you and hear your list. So be prepared to, so we can hear your your order. You. You brought the world order, much like Khan. But first, I want to go over to Ryan. Uh, Ryan, you know, Ryan is um, Ryan's a little, uh, dare I say, younger and perhaps more seasoned. Um, but uh, I, I, so you, you probably have a very different perspective. And of course, Brian has been Brian. Ryan has been very, you know, engaged in writing about the franchise uh, more recently. Um, you know, and, and in addition to his book, he also is, um, you know, quite prolific in, in terms of interviewing a lot of the current talent. But we'll get to that. But tell us, who do you? Where do we miss the mark in terms of characters you felt had no place on this list? I mean, I I love an original series deep cut as much as the next person. So when I saw the ones I didn't like, I just put what I would have put from the same series, right? Like I didn't try to substitute somebody from Deep Space Nine for somebody with the next generation. I accepted that you had the number from the number of shows that you liked. So when I saw uh, Kodos, the executioner's daughter <laughs> on that list, I just didn't understand at all because there were so many other original series characters that I thought deserved to be on there. Boyce, I thought, was another one that felt like it stuck out to me uh, because you guys conflated a few other characters like Kira and and Roe as the same character and Troy and Ilya as the came, same character. But Boyce and Bones are the same character, you know, and no, I, I didn't I didn't find I don't find Boyce to be a a particularly, if you got all these other great original series characters, I'm not saying I don't like Boyce. I like every single character on this list. I love them all. Um, I don't dislike any of these characters. I love every single Star Trek character because there's something ridiculous to say about them. Okay, but, well, um, I'm going to be an excellent tactician, and I'm going to sit back and let Darren attack. While I, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't have any attacks. Kodos, the executioner's daughter, I thought was too far. I thought that was too far. Uh, Rob, do you want to defend that? You mean Lenore Caridian? Yeah, she's she's the daughter of Kodos. No one knows her name. You know what I mean? I, no, they, I, I know they exactly I know, know her name. It's yeah, Lenore's her name. name. <laughs> I, I but 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 that's why I think I just conflated it with but but you also but you didn't include Marlena Monroe. I mean what? No. <laughs> you know. Because she's inconsequential. Because she's I, the I, captain's woman and she likes it, and that's just too sexist for us. Yeah. Um <laughs> oh, well, you know, in, since you brought that up, Kay and I perhaps would be two people who might have noticed offhand when we look at the top 10 there seems to be something rather similar yeah. to all those what's, names what's missing preponderance from of men perhaps mm -hmm. and and the first woman that you mention is a character who only exists to explore the pain of men so and then well, after that then the next female character you mentioned you take two female characters and put them together because to you, they're interchangeable. So you don't think the first male character was a guy whose whole line was our crew is putting together a solar sail. So, <laughs> you know, 
Well, I actually want to. I want to. I want to come back to this yeah, question. I hope. So. Yes, it's it's very noticeable that there is a dearth of uh, female characters in the top ten. So the question is, where, what, what, what substitutions would you make? Who do you think are the strong female characters that you would have placed higher on this list? Jenzia Dax, definitely. So I mean, you, yeah. you, she'd be a top ten character for you. Okay. What Vina, about you, Vino Bosch. Um, Janeway would be for me. And I understand if you turn off my microphone, but uh No, we don't we don't silence people here. <laughs> but uh yeah, Janeway would be for me. Um I would there are definitely female characters I would move up. I think uh Roe is a freaking amazing character. I also well, I won't talk about emissions yet, because there's one that I would definitely um bring in. Yeah. So you but, think Roe is not high enough on the list because Roe is at 14 and uh, she is a hundred percent. I would replace without question uh wharf with Roe. Really? Now, can, oh, you, yeah. can you expand on that? Yes, I can. Worf is the worst character at his job in all of Star Trek. The absolute worst. All you have to do, anybody who beams on board the bridge, Worf tries to do a little karate chop and they throw him across the bridge and then they kidnap whoever they want. Ashley, is that Terrible. true? Terrible at his job. You're not well, you wrong. Know, he uh, he did introduce himself by attempting to blow a hole in the view screen. But you know what? <laughs> I call that character growth. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people have compared Worf to uh, Spock. People, you know, initially say, oh, it's Data is the Spock of Next Generation. But you could make an argument that Worf is Spock, a uh, man from yeah. two cultures who doesn't fit in. Dumb uh, Spock. He's terrible at his job. <laughs> Spock is good at his job. <laughs> Ryan, was he terrible at his job, Worf? I, I, I'm going to defend Worf. I have been watching a lot of The Next Generation with my five-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And she's pro-Worf. And I think the reason why she's pro-Worf is because she likes the episode Disaster. And Worf is this traditionally sort of masculine bonehead character who is nonetheless trained to deliver a baby. And I think that that is powerful. And I think that Worf's existence for kids is powerful because he is basically a good person, even if he's kind of a bonehead, right? Like literally and literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, I, you know, I asked my daughter to name her top, characters uh, off at dinner tonight, I just put her on the spot. I said, what are the best characters in Star Trek? And she said, without hesitation, she said, Captain Kirk, number one, Dr. Crusher, number two. And then she went, um, Data. And then she was wow. done. And she went back to eating her pasta. Yeah. So I, I would, I think that some, for me, the character list is like, sometimes the idea of the character is a bigger deal to people. And that has to be taken into account. And so the idea of Worf to me is more important than perhaps what he does. <laughs> But remember, our list wasn't called the best ideas of characters for but, Star Trek. But, but, but fictional <laughs> characters do that to us, right? They, 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 if they're important to us, then the, the idea of them matters, right? Rob, are they doing a disservice to Worf? Because, of course, not only was he an important character in Next Generation, but the kind of growth and depth and complexity of that character that was explored in Deep Space Nine, I think, was a big part of why he's so high on the list, isn't it? I think absolutely. I mean, you know, Worf was also a man of two worlds. He was raised by the Roshenkos, and he he was the first Klingon in Starfleet. And he, as the the show moved along, they did more with him. I mean, he suffered 
He suffered discommendation to keep the Klingon Empire from fracturing. He accepted a dishonor, a public dishonor that was against everything he believed in because he knew ultimately that action was an honorable one and he had to live with that. And I think that there was a lot to be said for Worf. Now, I can't disagree with my esteemed colleague Kay when she says that Worf sometimes did get thrown around the bridge a lot, but that's only because he was the strongest character on the bridge, so he was a target. They had to take him out first. You know, he 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 was always but the first. Sometimes he just fell down. I mean, he, they didn't even really try to take him to take him out. It just happened. Well, clearly to say he should be lower on the list, the son of Georgia Brown and Theodore Bacall is an anti-Semitic comment against Worf. No, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> that is not true. It's, it's not true. So he's a, he's a member of the House of Moog. Moog. And then he became a House of Martok. Also That's very right. high, high on the list. Um, Gab, you must be thrilled to hear that Ryan's daughter uh, um, would agree uh, that uh, Captain Kirk should be uh, number one, which is also your contention. Always, always number one with a bullet, Mr. Kirk. Um, but yeah, no, it's the, there's... No question that, you know, he's kind of the top captain. But, like, I don't know. I felt like, like, number seven, Edward Jellicoe. Like, where's that coming from? Yeah, where is that coming from? I mean, we've got so many people. I mean, like, let's talk about, like, Guinan. I mean, she's got to be above Jellicoe. Let's talk about, like, I don't know, just even. I I do have a question. Um, At number 20 sits Romulan commander. Which of the eight Romulan commanders is this? Okay, well, for those oh, of you... The only one without a name. Well, there are two without a name. There's the male Romulan commander, which is the number 20, which is Mark Leonard from Balance of Terror. And then there is also the female Romulan commander for the Enterprise Incident, who is uh, lower on the list at... Uh, I don't remember the number offhand. But Ashley, um, you just heard Edward Jellico, which we knew was a controversial choice at number seven. He's higher than Picard. Um, and some would say we're higher than... <laughs> And I'm putting him there, but uh, but tell us why the rationale and why you defend the choice of Edward Jellico, uh, you know, in the top ten. Sure, because we weren't making a list of things that gave us, you know, nostalgia fuzzies or like who were like our all-time golly gee whiz favorite characters from Star Trek. Evar, like you know, we were doing a list of characters who um, we thought were the sort of the most interesting and the best. Uh, characters who would appear regardless of how much time like they had appeared on the show and what they did for us and what Jellico did in Chain of Command was he brought out a lot of great things um, that we see in uh, in our main bridge crew from the from the next generation. I mean, because otherwise, you know, for the most part in the next generation, the kind of conflict that we got between those characters was like the conflict that you get between mayonnaise and Wonder Bread. You know, it's 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 just not very goddamn interesting. Um, and you know what was successful about Jellico, and we talk about this in the show, is one of the things that's successful about Shelby um, or some of the, the Starfleet characters on Deep Space Nine um, that you suddenly get people who um, you know fully inhabit the idea of what is a Starfleet officer, but they are different. Um, you know, from, you know, these kind of very tofu uh, characters who largely populate the, the worlds of, you know, the, the next generation and large parts of Voyager uh, and good Lord Enterprise. Uh, but I mean, that, that's just my editorial comment, because um, I know that, like, there are plenty of people who, like, love all those shows. And 
And I love The Next Generation, and I love many episodes of, of Voyager. Um, but he was interesting in what made him different, but what what he also, how he also represented the things that we like. Uh, I want to give Kay a chance to respond to that. Yeah. I, I really, really like Jellico. I would not disagree with that at all. Just for me, if I was making a list, um, a character who's only in one episode, I don't think would be that high. And that's mm-hmm. just a personal Two. I don't disagree at all with um, your assessment of him, what he did for the crew or any any of that. So I just thought he should be lower. Yeah. He's in more than two, Mark, if you count Prodigy. I don't. Um, <laughs> it's animated. It's not I real. Just, I, I just interviewed Ronnie Cox. It's not real. I just interviewed Ronnie Cox. I just interviewed Ronnie Cox for Prodigy a couple weeks ago, and everything you guys are saying about Jellico is correct. Um, I think he's a great character, and it's a great performance. It's super memorable. I just don't think he deserves to be in the top ten. <laughs> that <laughs> I think seems that's to be I'm the at. consensus of our uh, our rebuttalizers. Um, I will say that in 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 deference to uh, to, to to Kay and some of the, the larger points that she's she's made, um, I personally look, and this is one of those things where we created a list where we kind of all worked it out together, and we figured out what we felt you know was a gonna best represent what we all think. Um, and B, kind of best represent our big idea uh, for, you know, how to talk about these characters and these shows and see what was um, going to be perhaps the most interesting way to talk about those things. Um, but if I were making my own personal list, I would have taken Major Akira. I would have, you know, put her in Jellico's place. And I, even though I like, I am like, look, if you announced an Edward Jellico TV series, I'd be the first guy to sign up. I might have slid him back to where Major Kira oh, is. Oh, it's too late now. Spot. But, but, <laughs> but you're, 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 you're chiseling away at the, uh, at the United Front of the, of no, the no, no. Uh, Look, I think that the, that <laughs> the decisions that we made about how these characters fit, like, that it's that we made the correct decision like for on a for a whole host of reasons if i had to tell you like um like okay if i were going to insert more of my own sense of like who do i feel like a, a great you know affection for like then yes it's just that it, my larger point is that it was it was a is the decision matrix was more complicated than perhaps it might First scene. Ah, the decision matrix. Well, I want to ask Dave, uh, Dave Rogers about the decision matrix. Dave, you're you're a huge fan of the movie series, particularly yeah. Star Trek, Star Trek Two. Obviously, Two was well represented with both Khan and uh, Captain Terrell, um, and also uh, and Carol Marcus. Yeah. yeah, so there was a lot of big, big, big uh, representation there for Star Trek Two because you know we know representation matters, and Star Trek Two is represented. So um, my question to you is. Um, was it a mistake uh, uh, um, for the Star Trek Three not loving group of Trexperts to not have Commander Krooge? Of course. Uh, I'm going to cut you off right there. Steady. Steady, boys. Keep scanning. Thought you people were reliable. Where the hell is he? He's been here for some time. Put me on hailing frequency. Commander Krug, this is Valkris. Kavamdech vijerintach. Chablech trublabech. Well done, Valkris. Well done. What the hell is... Shopin! It's you! Ha! 
Because of course he's on the list. I mean, what a, what a, I mean, listen, I, I had I had reached out to ask you, how did you guys determine the list? Like what I was curious about what the process was. And I went through the characters and I was like, well, let me see if I would move stuff, who I'd move up and down and who's missing and, and things like that. And, and you know, I, I kind of wanted to, to define it by like, well, what makes a great character when you have some of these, you know, single appearance, you know, guest stars and things like that? And I said, well, you can narrow it down to like even a moment. You know, some people have tons of moments, obviously, Kirk and Spock, you know, even Picard, Data, you know, Worf, lots of moments. But like, What's their best moment? And I would argue if if you're defining some of these characters like that, then I would take someone like Sulu and I'd move him up more just for, you know, don't call me tiny. Like just things like that, that these moments, you know, that you see this piece, this slice of Darren shaking his head. But you, to me, you see a slice of this character and it's like, yeah, this is who this character is. And I feel like there's, a, you know, a ton of people like, I mean, I love Commander Cruz. I think that he's great. I think he's, you know, He's evil. He's a you know. He's almost like a renegade Klingon from from what they've you know what they were and and even became after like more of an honorable you know warlike race. But but still, um, I I would definitely have him on the list. And and yeah, I have other characters. Look, I'll I'll argue you know that I think David Marcus should be on the list. I think that you Old know words. I, I, I second that. That was one of my exclusions because it's so important. Did you see Star Trek two and three? Like, are you square big square pegs fans or something? No, but again, there's these <laughs> no, moments. Symbiosis. There are these moments like yeah, I mean, if we discuss like you know my my favorite moment of Doctor Carol Marcus is Jim Kirk was many things, but he was never a Boy Scout. I mean, and I just think, wow, that, what a great character moment. You know, well, he didn't come. That's why she's on the list. <laughs> I, no, I I know, but I think that David Marcus has some great moments in Wrath of Khan also. I mean, I just, I just like he cheated. Like, I mean, there's just a good line. Yeah. You know, there are just things like that, that, that I just feel like I think he should be up there. You know, I don't, I'm not saying he's top 10 or anything like that, even if he's 78, but I think he should be on the list. So should Cybok be on the list too, is what you're saying? No. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you guys have some that are such deep cuts that you could swap them out and it wouldn't hurt the list and it wouldn't hurt the integrity of what you were doing. You know what I mean? Like, and you couldn't even, you wouldn't even need to change the ranking. You could just swap, you know, David Marcus out for, you know, Hanak or something, you know, like I, I, you know, I just like, I I just think that David Marcus, (laughs) I'm just going to say David Marcus is such an important character because the idea that the Star Trek movies tease all these younger characters, right? Like I say this in my book a lot, and I keep saying this, is that you have like all these younger characters keep getting killed off in the original series movies, you know, or they get written out. Savick and David, David dies, Ilea and Decker die, you know, and it's like they they kept saying that the younger generation didn't matter in those films. And David was such an important part of Kirk's development. And then Kirk is such a different character in Undiscovered Country because of David. I think David's a hugely important character and the performance we can debate about, but as written, I think it's it's a massively important R- character. Ryan, I'm going to talk in uh, Gen X here for a minute, so just bear with me while I I, I, I speak in Gen X. Um, so, look, I love Born to Run as much as anybody, but it doesn't mean that Lost in the Flood isn't a better song. So mm-hmm. the reality is that you can't just have the top 40 and ignore the deep cuts. The deep cuts are often more interesting yeah. than the top 40. But I think you've got like, you know, you've got 
a character from Star Trek Four on here that no one remembers, Captain Joel In Randolph. 101. First of all, yeah. okay. he's okay. not really dead if we remember him. Uh, you're, you're, no, I, I, I just want to point out that Decker and I Lee are missing, not dead. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just he's agreeing with David missing. that I, I think that David Marcus just is a character that is a deep cut that deserves to be on the list because of what he did to... Well, he got deep cut by Krooge. Maybe Krooge should have been on the list with that knife. But, but, do, but does that make him a good character, though? Because he all his only purpose is to serve another character. I, I'd say I'd say yeah. I, I think that's enough because I think that you say that about novels too, right? You would say that like a random character, you know, is that is the is the guy who kills Gatsby not an important character? I'd say it's a great character. You know what I mean? Like, but important yeah. character versus a great character versus well written character versus. A character who exists on his own. I think as Nick Meyer wrote him in two, I think that on the page, he's a good character. Yeah, I do. On the page, he is. Not in the movie, however. But I, I, but I, that's okay. The, I'm the, reason, the reason they killed him off is because he doesn't work as a character and he's terrible. And, mm -hmm. and so naturally you have to get rid of him because he serves no purpose. I, I also think we have to remember that it, it isn't just the character. It's how does the character interact with the audience that's watching the character. Right. And a lot of like, like Haynock, if you're watching the original series, that character, when you see Nimoy portray that character, it, 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 it leaps off the screen because the character is so different than Spock is. And Nimoy is playing, when you watch that episode, I used to marvel as a kid, like, wow, you know, Spock is smiling and laughing and being a cut up. And for me watching the, the original series growing up, that character was always a standout character only because you had you got to see Leonard Nimoy play somebody totally different even though it looks the same and and it it, it affected me just Gab to, to oh. wait, just a second to touch on the David Marcus one last time I think the moment that he leapt off of our list was the moment that he stepped on the bridge with the sweater around his neck <laughs> well that's horrible I agree <laughs> Gab, uh, where are you on the David Marcus of it all well, you know, it's it's funny because listening to this, I realized I think what's different about obviously, you know, science fiction and things that have huge fandoms kind of around them, that is kind of what Ryan was saying. Like it's it's what the character was on the screen, but also kind of like like I read the novelization of Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. There was like a whole like Savic, you know, David subplot in mm -hmm. it. And I was like, Oh, you know, this is a great character. So like that like sticks in my my mind, you know, when I think about that character, and it's much more important than, you know, what we saw the few minutes. I mean, who knows what scenes were cut? I would think Savic would have been a much more interesting character, and it was wasted because it ended up being played by, like, three different actors, you know, and two different names across the course of the movies. But I think, you know, she had the potential to be a really great character, and sometimes you're looking at the potential of a character rather than just actually what's happening. Like you know, Captain Joel Randolph. <laughs> Oddly enough, I think that, and this kind of gets to something else that we, we talked about. I don't know if you guys have heard all the episodes, but um, I think if Savick, if we had only ever seen her in Star Trek II, I think that she would have wound up much higher on the list. Mm -hmm. Weirdly enough, um, simply because she is so great in that movie. Um, and then she is, and it's not Robin Curtis's fault, as we've said again and again, um, not as great in Star Trek Three. So you're it, saying Star Trek Three dragged her down? It, it kind of did, you know. I mean, in the in the same way that other people have had their later adventures dragged down our estimation of them. Um, <laughs> that I'm sure we'll 
Subtext? A little bit. Or Dave, we just text because of the way I growled it and so you can sort of, sort of hear it. But I don't know. Dave, we had a couple of gone. alien species on there like the Binars and the Telosians and the Horda. I wonder, should V'ger or the whales, uh, any of these characters had been on the uh I on think V'ger and the whales need their own band. V'ger and the whales. <laughs> I mean, or it's I, George Gracie and V'ger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about the whales. I did have I did have V'ger on the list, and again, it's one of these things where it's not a performance or anything, but it, but it, you know, it's a menacing, you know, it's this menacing thing in space that they're trying to figure out what it is. V'ger is a child. I suggest you treat her as such. A child? Yes, Captain. A child, evolving, learning, searching. Instinctively needing. Needing what? Spock, this child is about to wipe out every living thing on Earth. Now, what do you suggest we do? Spank it. It knows only that it needs, Commander. But like so many of us, it does not know what. And how it does affect all the other characters and what it does. I mean, it's a silent you know, threat, I guess. I, I don't mm. know how to define it, but it definitely, I mean, it drives a lot of uh, the motion picture, I think. And, uh, it, you know, just, I mean, just the vastness of it and, and everything that it does and it's the different forms that we see, the clouds. And then once we get inside and, and how it absorbs things and, you know, I mean, like it was interesting for me to see Ilea on the list because it's like, well, is it Ilea or is it the Ilea probe? Because Ilea is like in the movie for five minutes and then it's, you know, spoiler alert, then it's the Ilea probe, you know, walking around. So is that, and, and you, you, you put her tied with Deanna Troy. What, you know. what is, what is that about? They're not, they're tied, they're not tied, they're the same character. That's what is that about? It's not the same character. Come on, you did it with two, you also did it with uh, Q and Rome. Oh yeah, and they, I was going to say Q and Trillane. Because they're the same character. No, they're not. They're not even close to being the same character. Ashley, explain. <laughs> Sorry, the, I don't know. My my mic was screwed. But the the intention there was less, and I think Mark is being a little. I hope he's being a little facetious when he says they're all essentially the the same a character little, because they're little. they're not. But um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was how you know these characters get generated like you know where does kira come from you can't talk about kira without talking about ro because the original concept of her was to be ro that said i love them both so much i would uh, you know and i i could talk about either of them you know all day long um and the same deal with Ilya and troy but i, I mean i think you know david you're making a great point about viger um, because V'ger really is a character. As I thought about it, V'ger really is a character in that movie. He is a child. He knows only, you know, that he that he needs, that he wants. It's like it just in all of the things that we learn about V'ger as a character, and um, and how V'ger makes choices, and you know affects the the course of the story and brings things out that are very important things, like in our characters by the by the you know the this. The, uh, the the process that we defined for how we were going to decide who these characters were, like, I think V'ger is a, uh, I think V'ger would be a terrific pick on a list. Okay, well, I want to ask this because um, 
these are some really interesting comments about uh, people that maybe shouldn't have been on the list. Um, I know everyone's anxious to share who they think should have been on the list that we just completely missed that we're idiots. We don't know what we're doing, how we know nothing about Star Trek, uh, clearly. Um, but I want to, before we do that, I want to tell you guys who our honorary mentions were and t you tell us if you think they should have been on the list. Um, because each one of us was allowed to pick an honorary mention. So Darren picked the comedian. <laughs> Joe Piscopo. I did not. <laughs> You're a you liar. You're a liar, Mr. Walsh. No, I, wow. I didn't. He did not. So not. Darren, Darren, you can tell tell them who you picked. No, I picked uh, Norman the Android from iMud. Okay. Okay. Anyone feel he should have been on the list? Eh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was Norman from iMud. You think Stella should have been on the list? No. Uh, no. A better version of Stella should have been on the list. There is no better version of Stella. I know, exactly. <laughs> Hardcore Fenton Mud. Okay. Um, Rob Burnett picked the great Admiral Nechev from uh, recurring character from Next Generation. I agree with that. Yeah. Yay. That should have been on there. I agree. No, she was a great she's a great character that, that showed you didn't see a female of uh, a female character who really was like a fleet. She later became a fleet. Admiral, and and her cantankerous, well, her relationship with Picard, I thought, was open and honest, and she was direct, and um, she wasn't portrayed. She was she was very capable, mm -hmm. and like I brought up in the list, that moment in um, Chain of Command when she asks Captain Jellico, I would very much like to see our friends, you know, come home. She's compassionate and good at her job, and and um, she commands respect. And she was look at all that validation you got, Rob. Come on, love it. It's nice. Yeah. It's good. Okay, so that's why you're an imagination connoisseur. Clearly, it's a man true. of great imagination. Okay, and then Ashley. <laughs> um, uh, well, it's Wednesday. It's the uh, the outrageous O'Connor. No, I'm talking about Ashley and. Um, Ashley, um, as is his want, he has a little different kind of opinion, um, but it's a fascinating one. I'll be very curious to see what you think, um, because, um, and he'll explain why he picked this character, was Ralph Offenhouse, Ralph Offenhouse from Neutral Zone. <laughs> Do you even know who that is? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Ralph Offenhouse, my friends. Uh, was a finance manager from the 20th century who awakens from cryo sleep. Oh my god! Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah. Well, he did kind of save the day with the. <laughs> he did. Okay, he should be. He should be on the list for sure. <laughs> yeah, Dave is just completely like I don't even remember <laughs> I don't even know what I, at the end of the first season of Next Generation there's the episode where the Romulans come back but they pick these three characters up out of um hypersleep at a suspended animation. It's not gone. It's um one's a like a cowboy, like uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a country yeah. western singer. Yeah. They, one's they a woman who's they rescue them from the starship stereotype. Yeah, yeah, what is and, just like a lady whose husband put her into cryo, so she's useless. And the third is Michael Douglas in uh, Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's who Ashley picked. That's that right. is that is amazing. That's good. You know, Ashley's always one step ahead. You gotta watch out for that, Ashley. He's a sorcerer. He's a sorcerer, that one. And then I picked her. Well, they wouldn't let me pick Abraham Lincoln, so I went with, uh, from Lower Decks, um, Ensign Cito. And Cito. She was on my list of people who should be on the list. Yeah, I 
there you go. Right? Is wasn't she a great character? She was. Two, she was a great character who had an arc in two mm -hmm. episodes. In two episodes. And yeah. a tragic ending. Yeah. Yep. Which and they let her stay dead, which I always like in, in Star Trek when they let a character stay dead. Yeah. Yeah. Let so them die. that let them die. Okay. So now before we get to your picks, I want to just look at some of these shows that were some might say underrepresented. So this will give you a chance to jump in with characters that maybe should have been there. So the animated series uh, had uh, the sole representative was Mr. Eric's. Did we miss anyone from the animated series you would add on the list? My daughter would say Bem. <laughs> Bem, that's right, that's right. Is that the cat? Is that the cat? No, Bem is the no, the, arms. the, the colony uh, creature who is uh, right. um, this one. This Bug one is going to say Bem. Um, yeah, I think that the animated. I think you, the animated series is correctly represented, though. What about the Kazin? <laughs> what about the Kazin? The Kazin Captain, Chuff Captain. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching a lot of the animated series, so I'm like also like. Uh, um, there's a uh, Winston, the, right. the uh, Carter, Carter Winston, Carter Carter Winston, Winston yep. uh, which I feel like is a character that's ripe for rebooting. Uh, and that character, I, there's, I don't know. I think it's correctly represented. Eric's the second runner-up would be like Emress, maybe. Just uh, that's the cat person. That's the cat. Uh, right. Okay. Now that was the first of of many uh, animated series. There've been two animated series since um, uh, Lower Decks and and Prodigy. Anyone from those shows that maybe should have been on the list? I, th I think Mariner should have been on the list from Lower Decks, the, the show. How did you even know these guys exist? Because I was here for First Contact last year on the Keto before I got my ass demoted and transferred to the Cerritos. Well, I didn't know that. I have served on five ships, man. I have seen stuff. One time, I got trapped in a sentient cave for weeks. You ever been trapped in a sentient cave? That's a dark place that knows things. I almost got my head taken off by a singing crystal. I've been in a Klingon prison where I had to fight a Yeti for my own shoes for no reason. He was just being a dick. You've been on what? Four planets? Five, if you include Vulcan. Of course I don't include stupid Vulcan. You may as well count Earth. I was counting Earth. You don't know anything except what's in your manuals. Since you can't think for yourself, how about you follow my lead? And maybe we'll get out of this alive. Uh, the Tawny knew some lead character of Lower Decks, I think, is... I, I know that you, I, I wouldn't want to rep for the new shows too much. My only comments from the new shows was I, I thought that, that Mariner from Lower Decks probably should be on there. Um, if not, her mom, uh, Carol Freeman, um, uh, should be on there, in my opinion. I think those characters are good cross-sections of a lot of good Star Trek character traits, and I think that they're good, um, they're good gateway characters for new fans, I think, too, because they... Uh, they inhabit traits of other characters. Uh, I think they should both, one of them should have been there. Mariner's also, I also think that Tawny Newsom, who's also in Space Force and just an incredibly talented actress, just does something with that role that I think that um, should be not possible. See, Dave's going to agree with you because he was a director and editor and producer on Space Force. So he's he like, has to recuse himself. I mean, I've just interviewed Tawny a lot and I just think that she's really phenomenal and I know that she works on the jokes with Mike McMahon, the showrunner, and I think that there's a lot of Trek love that goes into the way those jokes and, are crafted and, um, you know, they have, they have a willingness to make her unfunny and a comedy sci-fi show is actually kind of also really hard. Um, so Mariner would represent for the animation. Well, that's show, a dangerous I, trap because I, you know, as people know, I was a journalist for many years writing for Cinefantastic. Don't fall into that trap just because you like an actor. I know, yeah. I know, I know. I, I, and I, so that's why I'm saying that I have some bias. But I think the show's been out, you know, it's got three seasons now. I don't know. I feel like that that, that you'd have to have one from there. 
Okay. And and we need to be careful about calling characters gateway characters because that means that someone is gatekeeping. And we don't want to do that. <laughs> no, Call I it a Stargate fans. <laughs> no, I mean you know I think you knew what I meant by that. <laughs> you know, of course I did, but I wanted to make it a quick she makes a joke about Gary Mitchell in the first episode, and I think that that's just something that is really layered and really interesting. But okay. is that really is that does that make her a character? Just because she's a no, team? there's other there's other reasons. I'm saying I'm trying to play to you guys as to why you might like her. You know what I mean? Like you know, um, but there's See, other I just reasons. think that she doesn't know who Gary Mitchell is at all. That's just something a writer stuck in her mouth. I don't believe her. Well, uh, uh, but my reporting says otherwise. Uh, she does know. The actress knows. The writers know. They all know. Um, some of the actors don't. Some of them don't. But Tawny Newsom knows. Uh, she knows. Some of the actors don't, but Tawny Newsom she knows. She knows, Doctor. Story. She knows. You no, know, I mean, I, I think the problem with, I, I, the problem that I have with Lower Decks is it doesn't have enough of its own identity. It's so, it so exists because of all the other Star Trek shows that they constantly reference all the time. Like Boba Fett. Right? Boba Fett. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, Boba but I mean, Fett on the, on, on the Mitchell? show, every, every show is, is, is chock-a-block full of in Star Trek in-jokes. And I would like to have seen Lower Decks been more of its own, have more of its own identity. By the way, than, but that's just can I me. just interject very quickly because somebody brought up Boba Fett. Uh, and just to kind of give you an example of what we meant by characters, things happen to them later that suddenly like drop them off the list. If you did a list of great Star Wars characters, it might contain Boba Fett until you get to the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> And then he's just a fat middle-aged guy who sleeps a lot, lets his wife do everything. So you're saying if we did the list, the Star 101 Greatest Star Wars Characters in like 2019, Boba Fett would be in the top 10. And if yeah. we did it in uh, 2023, he'd be like 472. Yes. Okay, got it. 1138. Okay. Um, now, Enterprise had two characters. Uh, this is a show that has, uh, over the years, acquired quite a passionate fandom that didn't exist when it was actually on the air. Um, I guess a little bit. So, 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 so to speak, you would think, uh, that it has to a certain extent. Um, anyone from Enterprise? We had two characters. We had Shran, which was a recurring character played by the great Jeffrey Combs and T'Pol played by Jolene Blaylock were represented. I, a somewhat controversial choice, probably for many, that Scott Bakula as Captain Archer was not represented. How do you guys feel about that? I think, look, the second you introduce water polo on your show, any character who plays water polo does not get to be in the top 101 Star Trek characters. High five. Oh. Mm. I think we made a mistake not including the dog. I thought the <laughs> yes, dog yeah, the should have been on yeah. the yeah. As a beagle yeah, owner, let me just tell you. It was, a it was a gateway animal. It's funny. Porthos <laughs> was, in fact, not. I was one of the, when we got, don't worry, I have another one, but one of the characters that I thought should have been included was Spot. May I ask a personal favor? Yes. Will you take care of Spot for me? Your animal. I'm afraid if I have another waking dream, I might injure him. Of course. Spot, come here. Unlike a canine, Spot does not respond to verbal commands. Data's cat, because mm -hmm. that introduced the concept of pets aboard starships, which then we paid off in Enterprise. By the way, do you guys think there's any mileage in a pitch that's basically like the incredible journey in space, but it's Spot and Porthos together? 
my daughter, yeah. to my find daughter literally home. wanted this tonight. She asked me why there wasn't a spot. There was more adventures of spot. She literally right. asked me this this you evening. You tell her that we're yeah. pitching it tomorrow to Paramount. <laughs> that, but, but, that's, but, I would have. I would have. I would have rather have seen Spot in uh, seasons one and two of Picard than more of Spiner in whatever he was playing. <laughs> my my wife has to draw a Spot cartoon on paper tomorrow for my daughter because my daughter asks to see Spot's further adventures. Oh. That would have been so a good short short cat and a pretty cat. That's what uh, short yes. track short track should have been. They, they could have done like the the super pets, like you know, a crypto and everything. DC did super pets, so you yeah. could do Spot. You could do the cat from Cat's Paw. You could do uh, uh, Isis. You know, Gary Seven is the and, dog and, and from the enemy within Isis. before he was transported. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Yes. Unicorn, the unicorn dog, or even after after he was transported. <laughs> and don't forget Butler from Generations. You say we don't show enough Generations love on this show. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Dave. Should yeah. um or Sauron should have been on the list? No. Sauron? You mean Sauron? Saran. Saran, whatever. Dr. Soren? Malcolm McDowell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Pot whistle. Uh, no. Okay, not the guy from Lord of the Rings. The yeah. guy from Clock Clockwork Orange who killed Kurt. Yeah. If you believe it's canon. The guy from Time After Time. Yeah. Yes, thank if you. She wills. <laughs> I, exactly. I, I I would not have him on the list, but but going back to Enterprise for a second, I would say I had I have three that I, okay. I I did have Captain Archer. Okay, I had Trip, and uh, I had Mirror Universe Hoshi Sato. Starship Defiant. If you don't surrender immediately, we'll begin targeting your cities. Respond. Where's Archer? Who the hell are you? You're speaking with Empress Sato. Prepare to receive instructions. Oh, that's a good one. I, I thought that was going to be Rob's pick. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> for honorary mention, I thought he was going to pick Empress, Empress Sato. Sato. Yeah. Yeah. I love those episodes, um, and I, I don't know if. I, if that was the test before they remastered all the VFX for the original series, but they just looked so good seeing like a, you know, an original series enterprise, uh, you know, style, a constitution class starship in, in that uh, two part mirror universe. By the way, I, I do want to say thank you, Dave, for, for bringing those up that, you know, this is not a, a slight on Scott Bakula. We love Scott. Um, it was just the way that the character uh, was developed or not developed over the course of the show. Um, and it wasn't distinctive enough compared to Kirk or Picard or, or Cisco or Janeway that, um, it, it's no reflection on the actor. It's no, you know, uh, who, you know, is terrific in other things and he's good in enterprise, but he's just not given the meat, you know, oh. um, you know, to a certain he extent. Has moments. I feel like there are moments where he gets, you know, he gets angry and stuff. And I, I, I like those moments. It, Enterprise for me was a hard show. Like after coming off like Next Generation, and even you know some of the other the spinoffs that were still in the twenty fourth century, and and the movies to go back to like a time where there was less technology was like just I was I wasn't as interested. Like I liked the pilot and and, and everything, and then I started watching a few, but it was like oh they they don't have a transporter and they don't have shields and stuff. Like these are things that I liked about Star Trek, and it was just hard stepping back and then I just kind of fell off, you know, fell off the series. Fellow delegates, this last week, we've seen 
what humans can be at their worst. But we cannot, we must not, use that as an excuse to end the dream that began here. For then, the demons of our past will have won. Instead, I want to look to the future and begin by honoring the people responsible for our being here tonight. They represent all of us at our best. Again, maybe one day I'll have more time. I'll watch them all. Archer when you have time. The, the, he keeps saying that. He has no time. Archer should have been Chuck Yeager in the right stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He should have been Sam Shepard. That's who he should have mm-hmm. been. Um, you know, the guy that you're like, yeah, him. You know, um, but instead, uh, I'll tell you where Archer lost me. I think it was literally the, I think it was the third episode. It might have been the 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 second, but he's in the turbo lift with Trip. And he says, and this is burned into my brain as the moment I sort of sat back, took a drink and asked myself if I had become a test pattern Trekkie, where like if they just had a test pattern with a Starfleet logo on it, would I just watch it? And he uh, he looks at Trip and he says, hey, Trip. When you're not on the Enterprise, who's in charge of engineering? And I went, are you kidding me? You're the captain of this goddamn ship. Who promoted you? How did you get this job? And I was out with Archer for the rest of the show. I think, honestly, um, because I do agree with Dave to a certain degree. But for me, as we were talking, what really resonated for me was I felt like the show should have been set a little bit earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. So that it was a little bit harder for them. Mm-hmm. I would have, I liked the, the lack of technology or the primitive technology aspect of it, but it just felt like it was too easy for them to do things. It should have been harder for them to do things. If it had been said a little bit earlier and Archer had been more Chuck Yeager and there had been more of an element of danger to what they were doing, I think maybe that would have helped it stand out. Interesting. Totally agreed. I do too. Okay. So that brings us now, Kay, uh, uh, you had mentioned uh, that you felt that we did a disservice to Janeway. Voyager shows up on the list five times, um, and uh, Janeway uh, was Laura on the list. You haven't heard that episode because it hasn't aired yet. Well, you might have, but basically um, uh, there was, I think, an interesting articulation of why she's not higher. But t- tell us, uh, what's do you feel that, uh, in addition, Janeway should have been higher on the list? Other Voyager characters that may, uh, um, may uh, should have been included? Um, I mean, I, I just, I really think that, uh, Janeway and Seven should have been higher. A, a lot of the characters drive me absolutely bats. So, uh, I don't think that I would have included more characters, but I think that, that those two characters for sure should have been higher. I actually, though, since we are including some holodeck characters, Arachnia, Queen of the Spider People would make the list for me. I almost picked that as my honorary mention. <laughs> I, got very, I got very close to picking that. But I love like, that episode so much. But then I had to go with Encinito when when Abraham Lincoln was uh, was uh, struck down <laughs> uh, once again. Uh, so okay, I, I'm not going to ask about Deep Space Nine. We talked about that a little bit. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of TOS and TNG fans here. Um, there are a couple of shows that didn't show up on the list at all, which we may want to talk about. So um, I, I'm now going to look at you, Gab, starting with Gab. Who are the characters that aren't on our list that you think we're on glue for missing? You know, who would you you would put on the list? I look. I'm not going to claim that Star Trek Discovery is a completely successful series for many many reasons, and we could spend hours hours talk about that. But I 
think that Michael Burnham and Philippa uh, Georgiou should be somewhere on 101 characters. I mean, they're very interesting characters. They're definitely like late, you know, 2023 created characters. They would not have been characters drawn like this back in the 60s when the original Star Trek came out or even when Star Trek Next Generation came out. And I just kind of found them kind of refreshing and complicated. And I think they, if we're going to put, you know, like a Horda on it, I think Michael should be there. Do you agree with that, Kay? I do. I do agree with that. Um, I would also put Saru. He allowed the fight to proceed. I believe the confrontation was a necessary and unavoidable catharsis for both men. But hardly an example of by-the-book conflict resolution. But the Starfleet Manual offers no regulatory guidelines for interactions between humans with Klingons grafted to their bones and a ship's doctor returned from the dead. Then occasionally we have to make it up as we go along. That is the situation in which we find ourselves, yes. This is not intended with any judgment, Mr. Saru. But I suspect that before your own evolution, you might have made a different call. Perhaps, Captain. Given the unusual nature of our circumstances, I'm going to overlook the incident, but this can't happen again. And please make sure everyone's aware that we will not be settling our differences with violence, but with the uniform code of conduct. And that goes for you as well. Understood, Captain. Mm -hmm. um, who I think is a really interesting character, one that we, we haven't seen, and so incredibly played by Doug Jones. I mean, just a phenomenal performance by him. I see you nodding, Dave. You you agree with that? Yeah, I, I put the three of them, Burnham, uh, Sorrow, and I guess with Giorgio, do you guys... Is it emperor or do you, what is it? Is it yeah, which is it? <laughs> I mean, I, you, I think you'd have to do Mirror Giorgio because that's, yeah. the, character, that's the character. Yeah. 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 But I, okay. I mean, I did, yeah. I Listen, I'm a, I'm a huge Discovery fan, so I, I do like those characters. Wait, what? What is that? We can't so, hear you, know, Dave. Dave. I'm a huge Discovery. It's okay, Dave. Yeah. Who's taking Genesis? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You, mean okay. The, you mean the network David Zaslav used to run? Now he joined it with Warner Brothers. That's Discovery. <laughs> so, 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 Dave, tell us where, where, where would you put those characters? Do you, you took the time to put your own list together, that which we appreciate. Where, where are they on your list? I mean, I didn't. I have them kind of uh, like 30, 31, 32. I didn't really do a ton of like, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, but I because but you're, I, we established already that you're very busy. You don't have the time. <laughs> no, but I just was like, you know, I mean, I was going through just to see, and, and again, what are my? I, I did a lot of characters with favorite moments and things like that, and but I was also weighing also like interesting, like you know, like I love Doctor Crusher. I think she's got a lot of of, of great things, but the, the Doctor from Voyager in a way is, is, you know, it's like, yeah, he's different. He's more interesting. He's a hologram. I mean, it is, you know, it is something that's like different and compelling. And it's interesting, the kind of things that he does in the series and when he, he's stuck in this room for many seasons. And then, you know, when he eventually can come out and, and ironically, one of my favorite moments from Dr. Crusher is in uh, first contact, which is like, I swore I would never use this. And she summons the, the, uh, the emergency medical hologram. Mm -hmm. And I love the way she, and it's him. And it's great that it's, it's, you know, the same actor. And she's yeah. like, I don't do this. Tell him what, and you know, and she uses him to stall the Borg as they escape. So, uh, you know, but, uh, 
you know, there's there are a lot of characters. It's I think it is hard to order them. You know, you really I was looking for a program even that would be easy to move stuff up and down, you know, like on a, a list ranking program to be like, okay, I want to swap this, but you know, so again, obviously so much of this is is subjective and no, and not it's all really. subjective. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Um, no, that that's really interesting. And then Ryan, I pres presumably you would agree with that that those characters should be on a list. Yeah, I think that Giorgio, um, Michelle Yeoh in the first three seasons of Discovery, because she's obviously not in the fourth season of Discovery, um, is uh, kind of holds that show together. And particularly in seasons two and three um, is really interesting. Her arc in season three is really interesting. And I do think that, yeah, I think that everything about her is great. I would probably choose Saru as well. Um, my, my weird one is sort of like, I, I know that... Uh, Probably I'm the only person here that's kind of a, a Picard apologist, but um, I think that Allison Pill as Dr. Gerardi um, in Star Trek Picard is probably one of the weirdest characters that um, has ever been in Star Trek. What exactly is the information you hold? The location of the Watcher and when the temporal divergence occurs. Hmm. Are you sure about that? Where is it? You stole it. Computer, dictate the file log shit I stole from the Borg Queen. 34.0488 North. No one what takes from me, my dear. Coordinates. To find the Watcher. Oh, well done. I suppose even higher cybernetic life forms can get sloppy with where they leave secrets lying around. But there's more, isn't there? When it happens, I can almost, I can almost feel it. It'll come to me. What you have just done here is more difficult and vastly more dangerous than you realize. And what is that? You've impressed me. And I think Alison Pill is a tremendous actor and they don't have actors like Allison Pill in Star Trek very often. And um, I think that, um, I don't know if the character was, um, you know, it's like a Dr. Crusher situation where like the potential is bigger than what is there, but what is there is pretty unique. Um, and I can't think of a single character like her um, in all of Star Trek and the performance matches the actor. And it just takes Star Trek into this kind of weird indie movie territory um, that I really appreciate. And um, that would be my, uh, my my kind of random one that's from a... And then number one, I feel like you guys left off um, just in general, both the Rebecca Romaine version and the Major Barrett Rodberry version. I feel like that number one... Uh, I'll um, tell you, I'd put uh, Allison Pill on my list of 101 greatest newsroom characters. <laughs> <laughs> or 101 greatest yeah. characters to sing Pat Benatar on Star Trek. Yeah, I, um, I just think that, yeah, I think that if you're looking for characters that feel unique, I think that that's, that was my, that's my argument there. And, well, okay, uh, and then you were talking about also number one was a... was a. Uh, yeah, I, I feel know. like you got a lot of original series characters on here. We got Romulan commanders with no names. Um, you know, number one... All I ever wanted since I first saw the stars was to join Starfleet. You're the best first officer in the fleet. You're an example to all of us. As a senior officer, I don't get to be part of the crew anymore. Oh, no, that's not because you're a senior officer. It's because you terrify people. <laughs> Battle station! Security breach at airlock door. Who's backup? I'm your backup. You're fun. 
um, even in the cage, I think is so pivotal to the development of the show and what the show feels like. And he, as a kid watching the cage, number one was a big deal. Um, I feel like Rebecca Romaine is just getting started with that. And I think that does elevate the character. And I think that what Michael Shabon did with her in the short treks, uh, I uh, hasn't really been followed through on Strange New Worlds, but I think that that short treks uh, with with number one Q and A is really excellent and sort of reclaimed the character and was done with a lot of love for the cage. And so I think number one was one that I felt was both very old character and a very new character that felt like it deserved to be on the list. I, I am a Strange New Worlds oh. apologist, so uh, <laughs> I would have basically that entire cast somewhere on the list. Yeah, I mean, I would also say, yeah, Laon, Christina Chong's yeah. character as well. Yeah. Um, it was a really great, um, unique writing, mm -hmm. but I, I wouldn't quite, because I haven't seen enough of her, I wouldn't quite justify putting it on the list yet. But I would say number one is such a huge Star Trek character that uh, I think matters. And I would say also um, Christine Chapel from Strange New Worlds. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely Bush, yeah. love her. Well, now, we, we do talk ahead, about um, those characters who uh, who recur on Strange New Worlds as they appeared on the list. So, mm -hmm. you know, we I, I like to think that we took a, a somewhat holistic approach to that, like when we were talking about them, um, you know, when we referred to uh, to Hora, to, you know, to Chapel, and I think in particular uh, to Captain Pike. Um, you know, it's, and, and look, I'm not even an apologist. I love Anson. I think that he was the, he was the, the best thing in, uh, that ever came out of discovery. Uh, and he was easily like the best thing in season two. Um, and there's a reason why they built a show around that guy. And, you know, so, so, so there, it's, it's weirdly strange new worlds by its nature, I think has more representation than some of the rest of the newer Star Treks. Um, because, you know, I, I think, to, I think it, at least in some of those cases, and some of them very much not, uh, you know, they have they they've done the legacy proud at least in terms of how they've uh, how they've presented the, the characters and they've developed them as their own people, which I also really appreciate. Okay, other characters that may not have been uh, on our list that you feel was a, a, a mistake. I, I feel like this character has to be here. Maybe it's just so small. I haven't been able to find it in 101, so I apologize. But where is Q? Q is uh, with Trelane. Yeah. We okay. paired so, Q with no, Trelane. They're not the same people. They're not. Well, they could be related, but they're not the same people. No. The same character. It is not. They serve the same. They serve the same. <laughs> Q should totally no. be higher than Trelane. Like Nick Licarno and like Tom Paris. But that's no, no, you can't. You can't go by. <laughs> I wouldn't even the have behind. those guys on the list. No, you're, yeah, you're going oh. by the behind the no, scenes. No, the only reason though. Tom Paris wound up on the list was because at one point he was Nick Lacarno. Then just have Nick Lacarno. Yeah, I know. But you can't. But, you can't. But do, you can't. You can't not mention Tom Paris. Not talk about the other one. I think the the only thing that we mashed up that like really should not have been mashed up because didn't serve the interest we were we were trying to serve with the mashup picks. Was uh, we we realized that we left Demar off the list, and so we had to talk about him when we talked about Dakot. But but yeah, I mean that was it, you're 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 right. They're not the same character. But to talk about them, it is difficult to have a conversation about them um, in without doing it in one breath. Dave, well, you you were trying to get a word in edgewise. Hold on, Gab. Dave was trying to jump in with something here. Uh, no, I mean I just you know again with like Hugh and Trelane. I would say Jerlene was in one episode and Q is in multiple episodes, does multiple things. 
Um, some of my favorite episodes, Kyle. I mean, listen to uh, all good things. I think he's amazing at the fact that he introduces the Borg. And uh, I think that uh, um, tra- uh, Tapestry is a great episode um, and, and what he does. And and again, I think even, you know, I'm, I, I liked a lot of what he did in uh, Picard season two, but some of the story I, I felt like got a little lost. We don't have to get into all of that. But I think to, to you know, it minimalizes him when you uh, just say, oh, he and Trelane are the same. You know, I, I don't think that's that's the thing. I mean... It- Yes, I, I, think, I don't like think we actually said that they are the same. <laughs> uh, I think we just mentioned them in the same spot. That's all. Yeah. Well, I would yeah, also I say they're the well, same. it's one thing if two characters are tied, but to say like... Tr- yeah. Yeah. Rob, Rob before you jump in, let, let Kate get in uh, what she was going to say. Or get, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, they're not the same character, just like Ro and Kira are not the same character, and Ilya and Troy are not the same character, just because there is behind-the-scenes production stuff talking about those, how, you know, Roe would have been uh, Kira doesn't mean that they're the same character when I'm watching them on TV. So, I don't, Look, I think we, all of those characters, you should, every spot should be one person. We didn't, we didn't all agree on grouping characters together. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, we did. <laughs> oh, 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 now, now, what? Kay, you, you swung Darren. Look at that. The, 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 <laughs> the not pillar, completely. The I'm pillar just, is collapsing. He does have a point. The, the, the United the Front thing. is collapsing, Rob Burnett. Well, what I, what I wanted to say about a character like Q, which I always felt that Q was a missed opportunity because Q was there to reflect our main characters, something like Tapestry, you know, whereas we found out precious little about Q. He didn't grow really. He didn't change. I mean, in Voyager, maybe he kind of did. But in terms of the character of Q, I would love to have known something about a story about his take on immortality. You know, I would have liked to have seen a story that was actually about Q as opposed to him being the prime mover of another story about our principal characters. And I felt that that was the one thing I always thought was missing from the character of Q, I love John Delancey's performance. And sometimes he'd show up and, oh, they took my powers away or, oh, they did this. But all of that really did was it just was a reflection on our own principal characters. And I would have known, I would love to have seen an episode where Q, we learned something about his own existence away from like a, like a, an, a, an atypical episode, like an inner light, but about Q away from all of our principles. And we would have seen Q go through a story where None of our principles appear, and something that happened to Q was was uh, a story unto itself that would have illuminated his character. I don't know that you could do that, and I, I don't know if you do that. Does it, you know, destroy the the mystique of who Q is? One, one of the things that I really liked was uh-huh. uh, was Guinan's relationship with him, like that they had this history, and again, yeah. we never kind of knew. But it was but- only teased, and even in Picard, they didn't. They didn't uh, make it any clearer. I, I mean, that's something I wish I, I, I would have learned more of. But I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I hear what Darren's what uh, what Rob is saying, and I, I don't know if it was ever covered in books or anything like that. If there were any, that doesn't you know. count. And no, that, but they, I'm just saying. But just start talking for three hours about the books. We well, no, but there was a book that equated box. Trelane and and Q though, and Peter David yeah. wrote it. But yeah, yeah. I, and I'm just wondering if there was anything though more. He was saying like just more of his backstory or what they're about and everything. And, you know, I, I just didn't know if there was anything. Yeah. What was Q like when he was a kid? So, okay. I want to ask, because again, we were talking about characters. Well, I'm sure. Bernson. 
uh, you know, that would have been <laughs> Q2. Uh, we were Q2. talking about characters that uh, that absolutely should have been on the list. How could these idiots who, who did this great list uh, possibly not have included them? So, Ryan, you know, you mentioned you put some characters out there. Absolutely. Who is your number one character that should have been on the list? Vosh. Jean-Luc. I'm afraid I haven't been completely honest with you. Forgive me if I don't act surprised. Sovak did pay me to hand over the disc. So you did steal it? It wasn't stealing. The professor had died. I had already spent five years of my life tracking down the Utah. But you took Sovak's money. It was the only way I could afford to get to Risa. As for Sovak, he got exactly what he deserved. Well, any woman who can beat a Ferengi at his own game bears watching. Oh, interesting. Jennifer should have been on the list. I just watched I just watched Cupid with my kid the other day, and I was just like, this is a great episode. This is a, such a weirdly structured episode, but wonderful. And um, yeah, I just absolutely think Vash should be on the list. She's in three episodes, right? Uh, total accounting DS9. But um, yeah, that's my, I want, that's I want my to, big one. I want to congratulate you. That's a great pick. And not only that, you're raising a great daughter. Captain Kirk is number one on her list. <laughs> he wasn't even number one on us. He was number two to the Enterprise. But I, I, congratulations to you on that. I, I mean, I thought my kids were great because they watched this in Kane last week and thought it was amazing. But I have to say, <laughs> but even my kids don't love Captain Kirk the way I do. So the fact that your daughter is invested in, in our captain, oh, captain, my captain, uh, that is wonderful. So thank you for that, Ryan. <laughs> now, I want to continue with uh, uh, Gab. Uh, it's your chance now to tell us. You mentioned a few people, some great, uh, great choices from some of the different shows. Who is the one person that you, if you could, you know, be Trelane or Q because the same person, snap your fingers and erase somebody from existence and replace them with another character from Star Trek, who would it be? All right. Again, I don't think I saw him on the list and I was surprised, but I feel like if you could have Minuet, you should have Moriarty. As I said before, you are. Only a holographic image, I know. But are you sure? Oh, yes. Does he have life? He's a machine. But is that all he is? No, he is more. Exactly. Is the definition of life cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am? Yes, that is one possible definition. It is the most important one. And for me, the only one that matters. You or someone asked your computer to program a nefarious fictional character from 19th century London, and that is how I arrived. But I am no longer that creation. I am no longer that evil character. I have changed. I am alive. And I am aware of my own consciousness. Moriarty, my responsibility is this vessel and its crew. I want my existence. I want it out there, just as you have yours. That may not be possible. Then you must murder me, Captain. I cannot give you what you want. Because you do not know how to convert holodeck matter into a more permanent form. Yes, that is so. Yeah, yes. you're right. I, I'd go along with that. 
Yeah. You know what? That that's the first time I agreed with anybody on this whole show. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he really had an arc. I mean, like we were just talking about Q. Like you kind of got to see like behind the scenes of Moriarty, and you know his his girlfriend, his love, and his life. And you know you you were kind of happy he was just going to live in that tiny little. You know, Ship in a bottle. Great episode. That's gonna be a mother beautiful bridge, Moriarty. I know that's uh, it's uh, obviously again clearly it it uh, it's a character that resonates because as we know uh, and Rob knows more than anybody uh, the fact that Moriarty is featured in the third season of Picard. So Moriarty was absolutely a huge omission. Uh, our, our, uh, from from the list and should have been on there. I, I, do, Rob, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what's really interesting is especially the second time we meet Moriarty it's a very Star Trekian story and he becomes a very in a way he's both he's an antagonist but he's also in a way sort of tragic that that he he knows who and what he is and the fact that ultimately he's I mean he gets to lead I guess a, a great life but he knows that he's not really anything at all he's just a, a program and and the thing is, what I I always liked Star Trek. They 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 flirted with these ideas like of holographic civilizations. You know, these people are holograms, and and are they are they sentient or or what are they? And I always liked are they liked human those. or are they Vulcan? Or and are I they think I, yeah, I think that Moriarty his story dealt with it probably in the best fashion of all. Uh, Darren, my question for you is: Do you agree that Moriarty should have been on the list? And if you agree, who should we have replaced him with? Hmm. Uh, actually, I would have placed him instead of Minuet. Okay, there you go. Instead of Minuet, it should have been Moriarty. So thank you for that. Um, Kay, you're, who was the one character that you absolutely think should have been on this list that wasn't? Just one character? First oh, of no, all, go for it. First of all, everybody, <laughs> uh, all the characters that everybody else mentioned were on my list of people to mention. Every single one. Um, Including Cybok? I mean... Crooch? Crooch? Uh, so. Calm okay. down, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I do have a couple. Uh, I, I would have put Hugh on the list. Okay. Um, I would, oh, uh, oh, H-U-G-H, not put Mark on the list. No, Hugh, Hugh. She would have put Hugh, Hugh on the Hugh, list. Hugh, Hugh, Even though, Hugh. you know, I, I am a character, but uh, no, yes, I don't think I'm yeah. in the top 101. Okay. No. Um, uh, no. You're supposed to disagree. Okay, no, go Mark, ahead. Of course I would have put you on the list. Uh, Soren from The Outcast, I would have put on the list. Soren, Soren Soren. Oh, yeah, okay. Soren. Right, right. Um, uh, and I think uh, Dathan from Darmok. Captain. Would you be prepared to consider the creation of a mutual non-aggression pact between our two peoples, possibly leading to a trade agreement and cultural interchange? Does this sound like a reasonable course of action to you? <laughs> beneath, momenta. <laughs> in winter. Paul Winfield was represented as Captain Terrell. Maybe we could have split it. <laughs> I actually, feel, I think Soren is a is a, a a really great pick, especially considering one of the earliest representations of that in Star Trek history. And it is a really chilling conclusion to that episode. 
And that character uh, really resonates. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that criticize and will look back from today's perspective and say if they really were progressive, they would have cast a male actor to play Soren. But at the time it was made, you could only go so far. And I think they pushed it, mm -hmm. pushed it pretty far in that episode. It's a, yeah. it's a significant episode of Star Trek for sure. Yep. Yeah, that, no, that, that actually is a, is a great pick, and you pronounce it much better than I do. Um, <laughs> so now, uh, Dave, uh, what about you? You have a big list. You have a big list. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, you mentioned a few already. Who 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 else? Uh, who All else right, are so, we missing? Well, I, I was going to say my number one pick was Moriarty. If I could pick one that wasn't on the list, I would say Moriarty. Um, I have a couple of honorable mentions. Um, Malt. In Star Trek, oh my 3. god! Oh man, okay. now you task us. <laughs> but I do like, you know, you said you would kill me. Like I just, you know, I just think that he's again with Cruz. I, I just think again for a, a small, a small beat. I do like Mister Adventure in the. Uh, oh I'm just gonna god. go sit in the closet. Wow, but um, that's where you belong. But I'll say that in replace of that, I'm gonna give three names that I think can kind of be interchangeable and and why I like them as characters. Uh Captain Esteban, Captain wow. Lawrence Stiles, and Captain John Harriman. <laughs> and I, I say this because it's great to see that there are bad captains to just get this <laughs> level of how good the good okay. captains are. You're, you're, that's, that's great, Dave. That's, that's great. I was about to say, what happened? Is this the mirror, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because when, when you watch, again, when you watch Star Trek Three and you see Captain Esteban and how he deals with a situation and it's, you're just frustrated or how, how cocky Captain Styles is. And it's like, it, and then it's just great when he gets, you know, when his ship stalls out. Uh, How do you get a red alert in space dock? Yeah, I mean, I just think that the, those were those were great moments, and and you know, they offer even some comedy there too. I mean, John Harriman, I think, you know, again, I, I, a little jokey with, oh, it's coming Tuesday, it's coming Tuesday, but just to see like we would not see that happen. And, and with, with the good captains and, and again, even in, in generations, Kirk has to step in and, and take over. Um, so I, I think that there is some value to them. I mean, I get so frustrated with captain Esteban every time I just watch him. You're just like, Oh my God, no, he's crap. <laughs> he's the worst. But as Top one hundred and one terrible captains. <laughs> well, we could do that list. We could do that list. Uh, I mean, because there was a captain that we didn't have on the list. Who I, I, I in retrospect, Una Karapleides should have should have should have been on the list. Which um, uh, which was Captain Maxwell and the wounded. Yes, you know, oh. and Bob Gutton, yeah. and I, you know, we we didn't have him on the list. And, and but he could be on the bad captain list. Oh, no, and no, no. I, he was a yeah. great captain. No, but he but, was a bad, bad. But he was bad. But he was Plus bad after in a different all way that, than Styles yeah, and Esteban oh, totally, and totally. Uh, Plus after everything he did to Andy Dufresne. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Screw him. Captain Tracy could be on that list. Bad, totally. bad. Um, you know, different different types of bad. There are different types of mm. bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to ask about one inclusion on the list because yeah. I have got to know how this happened. Go ahead. <laughs> I think you know Kubix. how it happened. Who? Kubix? Kubix. Kubix? Oh, that's interesting. Well, we, you know, <laughs> that you would, you would, you would gravitate towards that. You know, uh, look, Tuvix is a love or hate character, right? <laughs> Clearly. And, um, um, I think that, uh, we thought it was one of the more interesting, uh, explorations of, uh, sentience and, and, and it gave an interesting challenge for Janeway, uh, to make, uh, you know, make a decision and helped her character by making that decision 
of, uh, you know, um, (laughs) I mean, Rob, I mean, you know, this is something we talked about. I mean, he's he's not very high on the list, but it's an interesting interesting conceit. Yeah, I I think I'll tell you something. That dilemma is something I continually read thought think pieces about and have been for 25 years. Like, did they kill? So this accident happened and and it occurred and this new being was created like if i had made voyager i would have left tuvix till the penultimate episode of the season and had that character become a principal character on the show and to serve a function and then give that character uh, episode after episode to be a character and at the end of the season then yeah and then it would have been like okay if this thing happened, if if the universe unfolded as it did and it caused this accident to occur and created this new being, who is then, then anybody to come back and say, well, we're going to get our friends back at the expense of this new being. This new being had just as much of a right to exist as anybody. It's just that, okay, he's he's a new creation of the universes that was created by an accident, as an, but he's his own person. And who then are our characters? Like, was it right? And I, I think that there's a really compelling that that can be a thought exercise in college colleges forever. Well, I think you this know? goes back to something you said very early in the podcast, guys, which was how do these characters illuminate our character? You know, our main characters, and and, and play into a dilemma or an ethical question that we have. And I think that Tuvix answers that question. That's why Tuvix is on the list because it it, it it postulates an ethical dilemma for Janeway that makes the episode interesting and that makes the character more interesting by giving them this ethical dilemma to resolve. And I also and- think that the end. It doesn't necessarily mean she's correct either. I mean, most people say she's correct because we get our principal characters back. But do we really want them back? That person yeah. to say. <laughs> the question to Kay is, would you have been more confused by the pick of Tuvix or a pick of Neelix? I would have been more, more confused by Neelix. Yeah. Okay. See, by the way, speaking of Neelix, I don't think Neelix belonged on the list. You could make an argument that Flox from Enterprise belonged on the list. Yes, I, I would I would pick Flox way before I would yes. Neelix I wanted to punt out an airlock. <laughs> and that's the case too, you know, what Brian said about liking an actor. I really like John Billingsley as an actor, yeah, as a too. person. So that, you know, also might affect my decision, you know, like, oh, I, I think Billingsley's a great guy and, and nice, you know, and talented. And he was good in the role. But, you know, so it might have pushed me to say, oh, maybe Flock should be on the list. But um, we just had too many great people like Leela Colomi. And I, uh, I think I think Fox had more purpose than Neelix. So mm-hmm. Um, that's why, but I think what you're saying about two dicks is really interesting because I think that's one thing that I love about Janeway is I think every other Star Trek captain would have let two live except mm. Janeway's just like, no. Right, right. Inter- that's interesting. And I think, you know, we talk about why Janeway is so low, not so low, but lower on our list. And, and the fresh, you know, because look, let's face it, Archer isn't even on our list. And yeah. Janeway is lower because we feel like there was so much missed potential that it was such, it could have been such an interesting character. And they didn't explore this. There's so many roads not taken there. Um, and that she, you know, and that, and that was a frustration. It was no reflection on Kate, who did a wonderful job. Well, in I that think role. that, like, for me, when you're talking about responding a lot to the actors. I think that she gives a consistently great performance 
every like she's so committed to that character so for me it's really so much about how she plays her okay well see i mean yeah and that's interesting because i think we approach the criteria slightly differently in that in that in that respect but that's that's great i'm, I'm so fascinated by uh, all these picks now i want to ask you because you know somebody made fun of uh uh, our pick of Captain Joel Armitage, uh, Captain Joel Randolph for one one. Now I have to point out, I, 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 I don't know why Joel Randolph is, is canon. It's it's VJ Armitage is playing. He was obviously in the script as Joel Randolph, and then they cast an actor who was clearly not a Joel Randolph, but it just stayed because we always thought he was the solar <laughs> sail captain. It only, you know, became clear later on his name was Joel, but it was never said on screen. His name so, was Joel Randolph. He obviously yeah. is not a Joel Randolph. But, but you know, for us, when we've done these lists, 101 is always the off-kilter pick until we get to Ashley later. Um, and, and, and so... You know, I would ask you, who's your like, who's your one hundred and one pick? Who's your goofy pick? Like, like right. I would say, Tex from the Royale would be my <laughs> one hundred and one goofy pick. Like, one hundred and one is there for goofiness. Like, who would that be? Mine is Ronan from Sub Rosa. <laughs> That's great. Ronan from played by the great Duncan Rieger from V. Yeah. Um, Gab, what about you? Who's your goofy one on one So I, so now I don't Is have that, another. One. No spot. Spot would be a great one on one. Yeah, that would be ideal. Spot mark. Yeah, uh, you know, one on one marks the or spot. What about, what about one of those cubes? Uh, in the episode where they turned everyone into the by any other name. <laughs> <laughs> the yep. cube. The de decahedron, or what? What, what is the, it? The, the, the twenty-sided die. The, yeah, 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 exactly. You could play Dungeons and Dragons with them once, once you. Uh, so they they're occupying the way to Andromeda. It's a very long campaign. Um, Dave, what about you? What's the what's the? Go I mean, you had a few, but I had, your... <laughs> I had Maltz and Corbin Burnson, but uh, I would say uh, EMH Mark II, played by uh, Andy Dick. I thought oh, no. uh, that's a good one. That would be wow. a, a good uh, one. Oh, Taryn is rolling over. <laughs> that's a good one. I like no, that. No, it's but, okay. Uh, Everything's I, fine. I, yeah, I would. I would go with it. I mean, I thought even Sarah Silverman and Ed Begley Jr. were both. You know, I, I, Ed Begley Jr. I might have on the, the actual list. Actually, I thought he uh, he was pretty good. He was uh, on my uh, top uh, 101 Galactica characters because okay. he, he was in, uh, you know, that was one of his earliest roles. Yeah, was yeah, in yeah. 78 Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Uh, uh, and Ashley, you had Ralph Offenhouse, but yes. let, let's say, uh, let's say since that was, an, uh, he's not 101. Uh, who's your goofy pick for 101 if it's not Ralph Offenhouse? Oh my God. Pressure. All of a sudden, I have to be me on demand. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Finnegan. Finnegan, oh, that's God. an interesting pick. Okay, what do you think? Complete with his terrible Irish accent. I, he is the most cringe-inducing character in all of Star Trek for me, so that's an excellent <laughs> pick. Yeah. See, I think I think Rob's right. just going to pick uh, Metamorphosis to piss off Scott Mance. Now, Bob, <laughs> what about you? Who's what? Who's your ideal one-on-one, uh, the goofy pick? Me? Yeah. yeah. Lucera from That Which Survives. Oh, that's interesting. Lee Merriweather. Lee yeah. Merriweather. And only because when I was a kid, again, so much of my f feelings about Star Trek were formed when I was watching the shows when I was younger. The fact that this just, they used some video effect to make her fold into a stick. And <laughs> I mean, I, I thought that was like, I remember reading a book when I was a kid called Flatland. 
Mm-hmm. About you know, remember yeah. Flatland, the two men, and and for whatever reason, I'm like, she comes from Flatland. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking about that, and and it was it was also terrifying. You know, I come, I used to walk around as a kid. I come for, I go to my mom. I come for you, Nancy Burnett. <laughs> I would touch her on the shoulder. My mom's like, what are you doing? Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> you say that, Rob, because I don't know if anyone here will remember it, but when you're doing ADR. For free enterprise, because of course Gab was in that scene watching Shatner rap. We had her um, do a wild line. I am for you, Lieutenant Diamato, and we used that in the yep. final mix. We of did free use enterprise. that. In the fi- yes, so Gab just... ends up saying, "I am for you, Lieutenant Diamato." Really, that was me. It's true. No, but I, I mean that you know, it's just I, Star Trek has a lot of those weird, you know, bizarre alien. It doesn't get enough credit for those things. I, I think it's I mean, creepy. Speaking speaking of these characters, for sure, probably in the top third of of all of them would have to be Morn. Oh, oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, when you, that episode? and then he gets the tragic ending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. who mourns for Morn? Yes. Oh, that's really that's a really great pick. That's a great and, pick. Yeah. And I don't want Darren to feel neglected. So, Darren, of course, who would your goofy pick be for um I, I would pick the most alien of the aliens that we met on the original show uh madness in a box ambassador Carlos. oh mm. that's a good one and isn't there a, a, a medusa in um in the the prodigy as i well? believe there is yes yeah I should call it the Prodigy. People think I'm talking about a '90s metal band. That's right. Um, <laughs> You're the fire starter, Mark. <laughs> yeah. So, what about um, yours? What about yours, Mr. Altman? Oh, oh, do I? Do I? I thought uh, I, I bet. <laughs> no, see. Yeah, um, you don't. You don't get out of this one. Okay. Well, I would have to go with the Givers of Pain and Delight and Spock's Brain. All oh. of them? Oh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now. Or just Luma. A Luma. I'd go with Luma. <laughs> what, brain, brain. What is brain? Why not Wyatt uh, Earp while we're there? Yeah, why not Wyatt well, Earp? No, because he was cool. He was yeah, you're right, actually. He was pretty goofy. He was cool. Come on, that scene where, where McCoy comes in uh, to the... Oh, that's Doc Holliday when he comes we, into the... We could have put on a Virgil Earth my bag. And, and the guy in oh. the desert at the beginning of Star Trek V because they're the same guy. <laughs> yeah, that could have been a shared <laughs> one. this power? That's all I have. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty cool. We could have the pack lids on there. So, oh um, but we didn't. Yeah. So, wow. This it, was, would, it would make the list not go. This yeah. <laughs> This 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 was this was absolutely um, terrific, and you know I think part of the reason we want to do this not only to give other people a chance to weigh in on our um, you know on 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 our, our list and offer a different perspective, which everyone did, but also to say it's all right to disagree, it's all right to have different opinions, it, 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 and you can you can argue and mix it up and still like each presumably still like each other when it's all over, right? We Do all still we like each other. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, but this was great. And I, we probably could go for another hour, but we're not going to. Um, but we will have to do something like this again. Um, and uh, and uh, I'd love uh, D- uh, D- Dave to, um, you know, since he took the time to write out this whole list, uh, to send us the list. Maybe we can put that on social, his his full 101 list, which will prove, prove an, an interesting antidote to our uh, to our list. I will. Uh, it's not quite 101 because I, 
I don't have a lot of Deep Space Nine characters because I'm just not as familiar with that. But hopefully at one point I will. Well, everyone talks about the Dominion War and everything, so I, I feel like I I you should. Can, uh, I'm, I'm saving it. Let's you just can say. make up for it with all your Star Trek Three characters. It'll be fun. <laughs> right. You can have the the woman at the end who does the you know Dame Judith Anderson who does the uh, contract. You know, how about it's like, those people who are super impressed when the Enterprise just kind of comes in past the window? You know, there was there was a guy, I forget where I got it. Somebody made a list. It's it's on my Facebook page of all the relevant Dominion War episodes from season one all the way to the end of the series. Oh. And it, it I think it's only about a hundred episodes of the one hundred and seventy-two that there are. So it's ha it's a little more than half the series, but it's a great list if if you don't want to commit to all I want to see that. Well, so, yeah, send me the list. Yeah. Right, send me the yeah. list. The yeah. if you might as well watch 172. That's all I'm yeah. saying. That's right. I know, but it's, I, you know. I want to credit Dave with not having Cruge's dog on this list. So, <laughs> I mean. on the list? <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't the guy with Valeris who was piloting the cargo ship. You mean Valkris. When Valkris, are we going to Thank Dave? you. Valeris was from Star Trek VI. Yeah. Very soon. Right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm from New York. I'm doing a shtick now. And how yeah. do we feel? How do, how do we feel about our number one pick, the Enterprise? Perfect. Yeah. No notes. Okay. No notes. <laughs> I have questions. I have questions if there are versions of the ship because I feel like Darren definitely has opinions on you know, is it the Enterprise? Yes, but I don't force them on others. No, but I'm curious. Is it the original series? Is it the motion picture in Wrath of Khan? Is it it's all of them? Star Trek Four, it's just all of them. Yeah, yeah. The Especially the series. one on the rec deck of the uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. The one that's, that's right. The one with the ring. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Look, it is. It is whatever version of the Enterprise lives in your heart. That is your number one. Oh, uh, that's even sweet the there. sub in four in in Lord Return Home. So it might might be that too. It's every even so the CVN sixty five. I think by that definition, sure. Nice. Whatever. Wow. Whatever makes you happy. You've got a model of her in the ready room and TNG, and then they, you know, when Picard breaks his little ships. <laughs> I, I want to say on behalf of the Trexperts how grateful we are to Ryan, Kay, Dave, and Gab for joining us today um, to to step inside the crucible and uh, to to debate and kick around. Uh, you won't have us to kick around anymore. Uh, the 101 greatest Star Trek characters. It was great having you. I hope you'll all be back again soon. And uh, thanks for joining us. There you have it. The final chapter of the holiday special. At long last. Absolutely. I just don't want to leave. I don't want to give up. I, I the just, good news I, is they're not going to prosecute. This has become such a, 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 a part of my life. I, I can't believe it's coming to an end. Rob, what surprised you the most about what you heard today? Well, you know, if something, it, it just occurred to me for the first time, and I, I said it, which was, I think what makes a great Star Trek character is not just as the character exists within an episode or many episodes, but how that character relates to the audience. And that's why I think when... You know, we talked about characters like Edward Jellicoe. The reason that I think that that character resonates so much is it shows a different kind of a captain than we're used to seeing that that can still be competent. And and he's a character that at first you you like when he first comes on the show, then you hate the relationship he has. You think like Riker that he's a dick. And then you come around to believing and understanding that he's very good at what he does. He's just doing it in a different way. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that, that those lessons, even though the character is only in two episodes, just like for me, Shelby, mm-hmm. Shelby's uh, relationship with Riker in Best of Both Worlds 1 and 2 made her a character that I thought about a lot. She really left an impression on me as an audience member. And throughout, I think, our list, if you look at it from that perspective, there are characters that meant something to us as the audience. So it's that interplay And I didn't think about that at the time when we were making the list. I'm just thinking about what are my favorite characters, but why are they my favorite characters? Mm. And as we were listening to other people state their opinions, which weren't wrong, well, but it, it in was, some cases, but, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, like, look, Dave Rogers comes from a comedic background. He comes from sitcoms and things. And, and he, there was, he talked a lot about various characters that might've said one line that he thought were memorable, like Mr. Adventure from Star Trek three. Whereas I would nest, I would not have thought of that, you know, right. and it, because those characters didn't mean it, but to him, they resonated. Yeah. So I like, it was very fascinating to hear everybody. State state things. I loved it. And I, I said this a couple of times and I'll say it again. You know, I think in the age of social media where people get so offended over any slight or perceived, I should say perceived slight or, or disagreement where everyone, you know, you say something critical of, of, of someone's taste or what they like, uh, people get, you know, indignant. Uh, part of this is to show, you know, we're all big big enough to take a few insults here, you well, know, and, and it's not even insults. It's, it's, it's a debate. It's, it's a disagree, you know, uh, uh, agreement over, you different know, points like, a, different a sharp, points of view, incisive debate, which by the way, I have to tell you, like, I think the thing, one of the things I found really delightful about that conversation uh, in particular was Kay. And I think because Kay has been doing Starship Smackdown with us for so long Mm-hmm. She is completely not shy about picking up both daggers with a third in her teeth and just <laughs> going right in. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I totally. love it. I, I, I love that. I've always loved that about Kay. And, you know, I think more than anybody, she's a fan. Because, you know, Gab is a TOS uh, fan through and through, right? Mm-hmm. So she very much shares our perspective. Um, you know, Kay, you know, has a love, an abiding love for um, not only some of the new series, but, you know, obviously uh, Voyager and, and, and maybe less so Deep Space Nine, as we heard. So, um, it was really interesting to hear, you know, her perspective. And she is not going to be shy in expressing it, which is what we want. We want somebody to come right at us. And she did. And it was great. And, uh, she had great, a great perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, I love the arguments that they made on behalf of maybe some of the shows that were not well represented in our list. And I stand by that decision. I think we all do, obviously. But it was interesting to hear their perspective on it. And, of course, somebody like Ryan Britt, who is considerably younger than us and who has been a an advocate for a lot of uh, the later iterations of Star Trek. And uh, great to hear his, his perspective as well. And certainly what Rob articulated about Dave Rogers, who comes at it through a different lens. Because I was absolutely fascinated um, to hear him... Uh, argue that Dave, David Marcus should be on. This is not a character that's very well liked. Um, it was, it's not a character that any of us particularly felt was well portrayed. And so it was fascinating to hear him really go to, go to the, you know, uh, go to bat for, uh, very aggressively for, uh, David Marcus. I thought that was really, really interesting. I did too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, as we walk away from this list and start to plot our plans for next year's list, uh, which we start <laughs> recording next week, um, my, 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 uh, my, my question to you is, 
Um, is there anything that you would dramatically change based on what you heard today? I certainly would say that I think uh, not having Moriarty on the list was was yep. a notable mm-hmm. omission. Yep, um, I agree with that completely. That's like although maybe how do we miss it? Maybe the the next time we can do a list like of of the greatest alien races or the greatest alien characters. Sometimes they might overlap with this list, but maybe not. I still like the pets. Yeah. I do too. And I totally want to do the incredible journey with uh, Spot and Corthos. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Well, what about you, Darren? After hearing all this, how what changes, if any, would you have made in this list? I, I don't think I would make any changes to the list, but I, I, I did uh, uh, feel uh, surprised and relieved that I didn't really disagree with anything that the other panelists uh, right. had to say. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, most of the suggestions were reasonable and uh you know in a different uh, in a in a different universe perhaps uh, i would have included them but uh, mm. but we're in our universe now and uh you know it, i think i think we made uh, some tough but uh good choices uh and and we uh we knew how to uh back them up at least yeah. in conversation yeah, well, I have to say uh, the winner of the honorable mention sweepstake is clearly Ashley Miller with his choice of Ralph Offenhouse. <laughs> I want I want to ask Ashley, um, you know, one of the things that Kay and, and, and Gab pointed out quite rightly is that in the top 10, uh, there's no uh, women represented. Um, do you feel that uh, do you stand by that or do in retrospect, do you feel that perhaps maybe there is a character that should have been higher or um, yeah. is this? Okay? I, I, look, I, I stand by the list that we made because I, I don't think that that was, that was part of the way we were looking at the, at the list. And I'm good with that. Um, that said, I do think that, you know, a, a, another review of that list, I might've pushed to put uh, Kira kind of in her own slot and mm-hmm. higher because she is a terrific character. I mean, the thing about it is though, this is the, this is the pitch of it, right? Like, so once you start getting into like the top, 15 it's basically a knife fight mm-hmm. right it's like it's like none of those characters are bad it's it's you know if you're number 15 there's no there's no dishonor in being number 15 because the truth of the matter is the margin of difference between you and like number 5 isn't that great you know what i mean it's it's a it's it's a very tight margin um but yeah i would have put kira higher um you know, because again, she just, she, I don't know that she like ever had a moment where I was like, eh, you know, I don't like her or, you know, she kind of went against, you know, the, the concept of the, of the character. I mean, and Nana obviously is a lovely person and she's great in that show. Rob, do you think that the most controversial decision about this list will remain uh, Jellico uh, being above Worf and uh, Jean-Luc Picard? It seems that that was something that they focused on that we've already seen uh, or um, uh, that, you know, uh, could be a real source of. Yes, yes, because um, uh, here's the thing. We love Jellico for a certain reason, but I do think if you're actually, you can't really, really put Jellico ahead of Picard because Jellico exists as a counterpoint to Picard. So without Picard, Jellico wouldn't wouldn't be able to exist, and so by definition, if it was a math problem, Picard would have to come first or come before. Right. And, but I but I think I'll tell you something. Here's the thing about 
about Picard that I don't think people like to hear. And I love Patrick Stewart. I love Patrick Stewart's, pardon me, I love Patrick Stewart's portrayal of Picard. I don't really know Patrick Stewart. But the character of Jean-Luc Picard, despite episodes like Inner Light, doesn't really have an arc in the entire Star Trek series. You could say at the end, okay, he sits down and plays cards with the crew. You know, that he finally learns to do that. But they, I would have loved to have seen a season of Star Trek where a character undergoes, like, yeah, you saw family and he was distraught mm-hmm. after the Borg crisis. But then, you know, after family, the next week he's back to his normal self. Right. And it would have been interesting. I mean, now that that's just how television worked. The characters had to have been reset. But the thing about about Jellico is you saw Marina Sirtis, you saw you saw Troy, you saw Riker. These characters were sort of changed in their dealings with I mean, it didn't resonate, but within those two episodes you watched Riker and you watched Troy especially change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Almost As, it literally physically change because he made Troy put on a goddamn uniform, y- which yes. right. by the way was like, if you think about like the things we were talking about, like what, what women are like in the, in the top 10. Okay, cool. But like, but think about the fact that Troy wasn't even wearing a uniform man until Jellico comes along and says, you're a Starfleet officer and you need to present yourself as one. I get that you're right. a counselor, cool, but you're also a Starfleet officer. And I think yeah. that actually had a subtle but important impact on Troy for the, the remainder of the show. The Can thing I about just it, say, go ahead, Darren. The thing about it is that I, I'm probably going to get flack for saying this, but we really like the female characters that are in the list. We really do. And that's not a, that's not a bullshit line, but we wish that they were portrayed better. We wish that they were... They written were better, better, not portrayed carried, better. Written, that's what I mean. Written, yeah, written better. better. And and given their their full force, but they're just not. And that's and and I, I don't think we're gonna raise them in the list just because they're female. That's not right. cool. I wanna I wanna I'm glad you went first because I wanna add yeah. to that point. Um if this was a list, and I'm not making a joke, of the 101 greatest Battlestar Galactica characters and not Star Trek, I, I think it's safe to say. That Starbuck, played by um, Katie Sackhoff, would probably be one or two. Probably I one. would say that uh, uh, Admiral Kane would probably be three or four. Absolutely. Uh, so it's not about not picking women because they're women. It's no. because Star Trek has not traditionally had great or 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 stellar, you know, top ten, yeah, female characters. I mean, it's the same reason Venus not a list, you right. know. Um, uh, so it's it's like it's it's because it's Star Trek. It's not because they're women. I think right. you know we we could virtually any other franchise uh, genre franchise. You know there would be. I mean if we were doing the top ten, one or one Buck Rogers characters, Wilma Deering would be in the top five, right? Or top, well, she would be the number one. one. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so it 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 just is is because of the fact that this has been a. Um, you know, it, it, the, the male characters, because it, traditionally Star Trek has been written by male writers right. um, for a long time. Uh, and the, the, even though it was an ensemble in the next generation, it's still very much like the original series, you know, had its its focus on those, you know, on those commanding officers, you know, on like Picard, on Riker, on Data, on War, like those guys, right? Like they had things to do and that's in the writing. And I think mm-hmm. the reason why we love a character like Shelby who comes along is because, and it, look, if Shelby were a man, 
it, we would still love the character of Shelby. And but, she like, was a regular, Shelby, she would have been the top 10. Yep. Yeah, exactly. If she were a regular, she would have been top 10. She came in and she was awesome because she had something to do. And one of the reasons, you know, I, I mentioned Major Kira, later Colonel Kira, I mean, is because she had something to do. But she was also in the creation of Deep Space Nine. She was envisioned as a character who was going to be at the top of that list, right? She was built into the DNA of that show to move the action and to move story. And she did. Well, I think there's also something else to consider when you're talking about gender roles within Star Trek. You know, for most of human history, it was men that were going off and doing the fighting. It was men who were joining the military service. And we live in an era where that's changing, you know, where, where females, women are let into these these places. And in the time of the 23rd and 24th and 25th centuries, by that time, it would be normalized that women are as much a part of the services as any man would or aliens or whomever. And that's what the interesting thing is. But unfortunately, like when a character like we, Michael Burnham was brought up, Michael Burnham is written almost as a superhero. Like when we first meet the character, she mutinies and starts a war with the Klingons and they were going to have her claw her way back. And then throughout the whole of Discovery, she's not written like a real person. She's written like a superheroine that has the solution to every problem. She can go off and do whatever she wants and there's no ramifications of it. And I don't believe a character like that, but I want to believe in that character. I want to have the way Michael Burnham was described in Discovery was a character I was really eager to follow. I wanted that character. I wanted to see what happens when a, when a Starfleet character makes a mistake and mm-hmm. has to, has to claw back from that mistake. And, and, and we saw that, you know, we, like the, uh, the Tom Paris character had elements of that and Nick Lacarno and Nick Lacarno. And I was really excited to see because I think that Sonequa Martin Green is a very good actress. She's awesome. Yep. And she's, she's, real, she's really great. And I, I think that, I mean, she's obviously a beautiful woman, but she projects an aura of capability to her. And I think that it, it, the, the fact is they, they didn't really know because there's never been a Starfleet character like they're trying to write her. And, and then they sort of stopped trying to write her. Yeah, and then they've, yes, exactly. And now she's just a heroine. You know, she's she's there and solves every single problem. And that that is is problematic from a writing standpoint. And she like lost, I, she lost the thing that gave her a sense of conflict on the show because uh, uh, she absolutely. was pushing against the top. I mean, you know, another example of this. Just kind of go to this whole idea of who has what to do. Look at Enterprise. We listed Shran and T'Pol. Right mm-hmm. now, I mean, Shran is almost a. He almost got on by default by the fact that we just love Jeff Combs. But um, but T'Pol has something to do. On Enterprise, and yeah. she's great, and she's awesome, and she's a real character. She's like one of the characters on that show that I actually like, as opposed to the other characters who I can barely remember. And um, she was they they wrote her. She was wasn't always. Sometimes she was on the the other side of an argument with Archer. Mm-hmm. She had a relationship with Trip that developed. I mean, I believed that character, right? You know, or throughout the writing, nine. or Seven of Nine, another as great character. To- Alana Torres, right? Yeah, and you I, could probably argue that seven of nine could have been higher on our list. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, the reason that she was conceived and this, you know, a lot of the stories that she was used in were not necessarily inspired, you know. No. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's a reason that it, 
you know that that character is where she is on the list and um um maybe well, maybe she could have been higher I'm, I'm not sure i'm glad you know Kay agreed with me with admiral nechev because i think as a character that we didn't see very much of i really liked the way that she was written you know, I and she was, her as an I believed her in that and she didn't, it's just her and Picard were not simpatico and yet she wasn't portrayed as being wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah, and they really agreed with um, Ashley on Ralph Offenhaus as well. Yes. Yeah, they did. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, we have talked about this for what is now probably over 20 hours, yeah. almost a full day. Close to 24 hours, right? Jesus. Um, if you look at, because the nine episodes, <laughs> all over two hours, this episode will be easily over two hours. So we have talked about 101 Greatest Star Trek characters now for almost an entire day. Where Longer else are you going to find this? seasons of Star Trek. But on the Trexperts. <laughs> it's absolutely... It's absolutely crazy, and it has been so much fun taking this journey with all of you. Um... What a great, what a great, and what a great couple of episodes. I'm really uh, proud of these, of these episodes. I think that they're fantastic. And I think, you know, we really were able to articulate what we love about these characters and what we love about the show. So um grateful to you, Rob, for taking time from the reservatory to join <laughs> us, um, <laughs> to beam in. Uh, Ashley for finding the time to actually show up. Um, <laughs> and of course, uh, my intrepid co-host who, uh, uh, you know, has always uh, been the heart of the show. Um, so it has been what, what fun this has been. And if you've had fun listening, please rate us five stars wherever you uh, go to podcast. Even if you disagree with us, rate us five stars because it really was that good. I'm just saying. And uh, also, you can uh, share your opinions. If you have rebuttals you'd like to make. strength from the sharing. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> At Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and post uh, in Glorious Trekker and Glorious Trexperts. And, of course, a very, very special thank to Mark Rivera and uh, for the incredible job he's done uh, at, at mixing and editing the clips in, and of course Peter Holmstrom, our archivist, the producer, who has um, sourced so many of the, so much of what we've heard, and um, we're very grateful to him. So uh, I think that's that's all I have to say. I don't know if you guys want to wrap up anything, but thoughts about the. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much wrapped up as we uh, as we sit here. I'm I'm uh, I, I think I think we covered it. <laughs> okay, well then there's only one thing uh, one thing left to do. Um, on behalf of Robert, Ashley, Darren, and myself, Mark A. Altman, keep on trekking ingloriously, of course, and we'll be back next week with an all-new episode and an all-new theme as we're joined by David Gerald from Ohio's GalaxyCon, and we talk about the once-in-future trek. Shh.